The following Toku podcast to contain spoilers from both past and present Tokusatsu, anime, manga, movies and other related media. If you do not wish to be spoiled we suggest turning off the podcast now. Otherwise please enjoy the show. Hello everybody, welcome to the Tokusatsu podcast. It's the best show about Tokusatsu you probably never heard of. That's Jay. Uh, I don't have any funny jokes. I was going to make a joke about COVID and comic books, but I couldn't think of anything on the spot. Uh, COVID didn't kill comic books. Comic books always sucked. Uh, <laughs> that is true, yes. That's Phil. So we've had a talk about this, and we are officially changing our name to the Love Cove Podcast of, and we're talking nothing about Love Who Cove. Who the fuck allowed you to talk? Phil, when you said you were about to make an announcement, <laughs> I thought you were about to like uh, come out as like gay or something like that, which I don't know why I always think that, because it's, but it's just... So another year... Another writer show, another writer show, another year of us coming to you, telling you if it's good or not. Because everybody else on Twitter apparently hates this fucking show to the high heavens. I don't know why. Because I've seen people, I've seen people say this is worse than Saber. Unironically worse than Saber. And I'm like, what the How fuck? How is this worse what than so Saber? Come out of? Let's just get right down into it, shall we? Because I feel like we're going to have a lot to say about a lot of things. So, Common Rider Revise. Jay... Tell us about Red Pill, the the common Rider. The short version goes like this. Um, So, actually, you know what? There's there are like three different origin points that I can start with. Okay, so so this is just a universe where like hell and demons are a known thing that exist. Like that's just like commonplace knowledge, I guess, that demons are real and that everybody has a demon inside of them. You know, like uh, like a little series called Devil Man. Or Shin Megami Tensei, whatever your flavor of nerd is. Um, so, 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 fifty something years ago, in the middle of nowhere, uh, these guys find a weird stamp that is apparently inhabiting the spirit of some ancient demon god, something or other, uh, named Gifu or Gif if you're a weirdo, uh, or Jif if you're an asshole. Uh, so a bunch of cultists terrorists both are trying to release people's demons for reasons that are never really explained yep uh and there is a secret government organization uh that are that exists to fight demons which again is just common knowledge it is just an everyday fact that nobody ever really stops to think about um but then again, this is a universe where every other single common writer exists, so I guess this is just common common everyday existence for them, I suppose. Isn't um, it technically that it's not that they exist, it's more that... It's, I, I was told by Chad that apparently this is not that they exist, it's just that George knows of the TV show. It's... It's not really explained, I'm going to be honest. It's, it's never explained in early promotional stuff. They implied that it was a world where all the writers existed but since we never see any and because there are copious amounts of common writer merch in the show i am going to assume that it is just a universe where common writer is a tv show uh which is fine with me that's a fine way to get around it um anyways so there is this secret government secret quote-unquote government organization that exists to fight these evil demon cultists which is just common knowledge, and everybody knows about them. 
Um, meanwhile, mostly disconnected from that plot is our protagonist, Iki Igarashi, who is, uh, he's kind of, he's kind of a, not necessarily a dweeb, but he's, they describe him as a, as a busybody. He's very nosy. He's very, uh, he, he puts himself into everybody else's problems because he just wants to be nice and he's annoying about it. Yes. Uh, he, by sheer power of coincidence, comes to be aware of his own demon named Vice. Uh, you know, uh, real smart naming there. <laughs> Bravo, Kinoshita. Um, so on the day that the government task force, Phoenix, announces that they're going to create their own brand new common Rider in real life to fight the, uh, the cultists who are called the Dead Mans... Yes, that is plural, by the way. I don't know why they pluralized it, but it's, you know, whatever. Uh, due to shenanigans, Iki becomes the one uh, who... He becomes their new common Rider, uh, and his demon, who he forms a contract with to help him fight, becomes his sidekick, basically. So Iki as Revi and Vice as Vice team up to fight the dead mans and stop them from doing... Whatever the fuck it was that their plan was again, I think it was to revive their god or something. Yes. They never really explained what the hell the dead man's end goal was, really, but uh, we'll get it to It was that. literally just to revive yeah. Gif. Yeah. What, this, what, this what was going to happen goes, afterwards? This, Who this fucking show, knows? <laughs> yeah, this show changes plots uh, every like, Seven ten times. episodes or so. It so. literally has multiple uh, It's arcs. hard to describe the show because that would just be describing every single story arc. Right, well, let, well, let's get to the characters because then we can get to everything yeah. else. So let's start with Iki. And I think I want to let Jay start with this because I think he has a bit more to talk about it than, than I do. Iki is... He's a very interesting protagonist. He's not really... I can't really think of anybody that we've had before that he's similar to. I think the closest is probably Eiji in the fact that He's just a good boy who wants to be good and keeps involving himself in everybody else's drama because he just wants to help. Can you can you kind of can you kind of compare him? Cuz he he is a mixture of people. He's not comparable to just one, but he's a mixture he's of people. As, I've noticed this the, in the show that sorry. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I noticed this in the show that a lot of things and a lot of characters and a lot of stuff are mixtures of things. Mm. Iki, I saw the AG part, but I also lo saw a lot of Kenzaki from Blade. Because he is just a good guy. He's not, he doesn't have anything more than he's just, he's a good guy. He's a good boy. He wants to be a good boy. And that's, and I'm seeing both at the same time. I don't know if that's what he was going for, but that's how he came off to me. Like, he's a mixture of both of those guys. That is a fair assessment. Yeah, I was going to say he's... The most comparable to AG, AG, AJ, AJ, but well, O's did get edgy, but that's well, we'll save for that for later. Uh, he's the most comparable, but it's not a hundred percent, is what I was mm -hmm. going to say. He's the closest comparison that I can come to. With AG, he uh, AG's motives were different. Yes, he was definitely. Um, What's the what's the best way to phrase it? Uh, I'd almost want to say that he's. I would almost want to say he's kind of the opposite of Ag, where Ag was like, "I'm only going to protect the people that I can reach," and 
Iki's more like, I want to just help everybody. You yeah, know what I mean? I think he's he's I pretty think much the good, opposite. Good comparison where AG was overly optimistic, but he was also somewhat realistic in his mindset for a majority of the show. Whereas Iki kind of from the out, it actually starts... I think, honestly, it's probably a bit different because early on, he's definitely very much, I am going to save everybody everywhere. And then as the show goes on, it kind of pairs down more to, this is kind of my immediate family's problem and related friends. And so that's who I'm going to focus on mm-hmm. for the most part. Again, it's uh, it's hard to really strictly compare the two. Yeah. Cause, like I said, he, he's a he's a weird mixture of a lot of what we've already seen before, but the way Kinoshita does it, and you're going to see this a lot with a lot of the other characters, he really just picks very, very specific traits from everybody and puts them into him. That kind of really does make a completely new character. And honestly, if we're going to get down to what we think of him, I like him. I kind of do like Iki. I don't know. There's something about him that I can't really find major faults in. I'm just like, you know what? You're a good dude. I can't hate you. You're a good dude. You can't really hate him. You really can't. He's honestly a good character. He does the right thing, and he he'll help you no matter what. He like he'll he'll basically even if you're the biggest scum of the earth, if you are the person that he loves, he'll help you, and that's an admirable mm-hmm. admirable trait in a hero. Yeah, he's a uh, very noble in that regard. And it's very endearing that um he has that. Uh, range, I guess, is a good way to put it. Where, and not necessarily just in the uh, his personal motives. His kind of overall character has a lot of range. Where sometimes he'll be kind of a goofball and a cornball, like uh, uh, closer to like a Gentaro or a little bit of a Shotaro. And then sometimes he'll be more serious, like we get like some of our uh, older, necessarily Showa, but like early Heisei Showa esque, mm-hmm. where he's he's very, you're kind of ideal hero i guess yeah and well, like when the chips are down you do what you need to yeah and then sometimes he's he's a bit of an asshole he's a bit of a a prick sometimes usually mostly involving vice uh who is <laughs> um <laughs> basically uh it, it's very much the uh the classic um bokeh sukomi routine with those mm-hmm. two where Whatever Vice is doing, Iki is usually the opposite. And that affords him a lot of range as a character. And it's very interesting because we haven't really seen that a lot before. Uh, a lot of characters in Rider are usually one or the other. And the few times they've tried before where they're swapped between are either horribly inconsistent, like, say, mm-hmm. Build, or... <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't want to go for the low hanging fruit and say, or they just give it up. Yeah, yeah. Where they they kind of. Well, just... I, I don't want. I wouldn't say. Oh, low hanging fruit, by the way. But I wouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that like it's a low hanging fruit. I would say it's pretty. It's pretty uh, spot on because they do kind of give up certain parts of that personality with Gaim and and with Iki, he's very consistent. Like that's the that's the word of the day. That's going to be the word of the day with this podcast. It's consistent. And Iki is very consistent. Where he, if, if anything, I could almost, I will almost say, again, keep, keep this word in mind. I'll almost say he's almost realistic. Where he treats everybody with a certain amount of, like, he treats he, everybody differently. He Obviously, he acts differently with his family than he would with Vice. He acts differently with 
Phoenix than he would with his family and so on and so forth. So it helps. Again, that's why I say realistic, because obviously you don't act the same with everybody. Yeah. And with Iki, it very much shows off where, yeah, he, he's acting this way because they're different people. And I, I like that. I like that about him. Again, he's consistent. And they never go too far with one way or the other, especially even towards the end, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, that's a thing that, too, um, that a lot of writer shows fall into where uh, they'll have a character with an established personality. And then as the show kind of goes on, they... Uh, for no particular reason, they'll start having the character change. Like, it's okay to have your character change personality as the show goes on because of plot reasons. Like, again, to use Build, Build was kind of doing that early on, where you had Sento being kind of like a, a smart ass. He was kind of a had a holier than thou personality. And then, of course, there's the whole shit with the Civil War when that starts, and when he uh, with Hazard when he went crazy and killed yep. that guy, and that kind of changed his personality, changed his outlook, and that's that's an understandable change to do your character. That's an understandable method of growth. The problem is that then Build kind of forgot about that, and then he went back to being like a smug jackass while also still trying to do the the brooding edgelord atoning for his sins shit. And that's where I'll, you know not to harp on Build any more than what. <laughs> no, no, but I, I know what you mean. Like that's the but thing you get I, I you understand. get what I mean is that with Iki. Iki's character is diverse in the way he interacts with the different characters and the different elements of the setting, but that stays consistent. Yes. And events that occur in the show flesh out that character and make his reactions change naturally, but his reactions stay consistent from person to person as the plot goes on. Yeah, like, like he, he never changes. Like, he'll never act the way he acts with his mother, the way he'll act with George. Oh, yeah. he'll, he yeah. never does that. And like, it works. For example, when... um. Uh, I forget his real name, so I'm just going to call him Julio, one of the dead oh. mans. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit no, about Kawasaki. his real name. Nobody gives a shit about his uh, real name. Oh, Tamaki. Tamaki, Tamaki, Tamaki was, his, was name. his name. Nobody, I don't think anybody actually fucking calls him his real name outside of the show. Um, yeah. Because really, it's Julio is just a better name. Yeah. Anyways, it's easier. It, it would be like with him, where when he has his, his face turn arc, and we find out that, oh, he is kind of a dweeb, and he was just kind of putting on airs because... He, you know, he had the he had the the one itis for the other dead man chick, Aguilera. And you know, he starts you know, as as he kinda opens up and he lets uh lets his animosity die down, he starts to become a bit more of a goof and Iggy starts to treat him differently because of that they start to become friends and all that. It would be like if Julio went through that arc of changing as a character and Iki was still treating him like a bad guy, like he was like a vile murderer, like yeah. he was in the first couple of episodes, basically. It would be like, like that would be weird, but it makes sense that he changes, and yet at the same time he's acting differently to other characters because that's just a natural way for his character to be. And and, the th and that's the thing, I really do like Iki as a writer because, again, he is very realistic. He feels like a person. Like, I can fully understand... Which is not gonna, which is not gonna be something I can say for another character. We'll get to. I can fully understand his motives and the way he reacts to certain things and the way that he develops with certain people. Like it all feels like it. It, it all feels right. It feels natural. It doesn't feel like the. It doesn't feel like Kinoshita's like, ah, oh, shit. What the fuck do I do with this guy now? I don't have anything else to do with him. It's like no, it works. And the thing that really helps him, that will that the guy who the thing that really helps him almost keep him grounded is vice 
Pretty much. Mm. Vice really, really helps Iki become more than just goody two-shoes man, pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I honestly, I think that's the thing is that um, a lot of the, the best writer shows have always had that kind of duo where you mm-hmm. have like, you have Double, where Shotaro had Philip, and you know, Philip is still technically a writer, but he's kind of like a sidekick, more or less, kind of. It's not the same. Or like you have uh, Gentaro and Kengo, or Eiji and Ankh. Fuck it, Ankh and Eiji. Yeah. Ankh and Eiji. You know, Tendo and Gatak. True, yeah, ten, Tendo and Kagami, or you have. Um, uh, I mean, shit, I'm trying, Agito I'm and G3, dude. Other, I'm trying to think of other shows where the duo aren't writers, but uh, it's hard to oh, come Oh, they're not any. writers? Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, if you want to be really technical and semantic and all that shit, Driving Belt. Belt's not a writer, that's technically. True. He's a belt. Mm, that's good. That's that, a good yeah. one, yeah. And... Where they, it's kind of, they're, uh, it's that natural uh, opposite to their character, where... Mm-hmm. Iki is kind of a more mature, straight-laced, uh, very standard... I don't even want to say he's a standard hero character, because Iki is kind of too normal to be... Or, and w- to that degree, I can kind of understand where people don't might not necessarily like Iki, because he's he's too normal of a person overall to be an effective superhero to a degree. And I understand that, but they make mm. it work. He's not, yeah, I was going to say, because I think that... I think thinking in that sense of he's not typical hero guy i think that's almost kind of a reductive way of seeing it because honestly that's the point he's not supposed to like literally this is this was one of the best things about him he's one of those guys who was not supposed to be the hero who feels like he was not supposed to be the hero like Mm. even up to the very end it feels like yeah if he if fucking daiji wasn't such a bitch he wouldn't be here Iki would not be here right now. And I like that because he does feel like just a guy that got thrust into this. He all, all he wanted to do was take care of the bathhouse. That's true. But no, now he's fucking here. And yeah. I and I like that. That's why that's why I think the the re, that's why I think him feeling so normal cuz let's be honest, he really is the only one who actually feels that way. Him feeling so normal helps everybody else around him. And not only does it help everybody else around him, it feels yeah. just natural. It, it, it works. Yes. And again, that's I agree. It's definitely very natural, and it makes makes Iki stand out as a character. But again, I can understand why somebody might not like him, because he's he's not what we've had before. He's not that kind of standard hero arc. But I oh, think yes. that's wor- what makes him work. He kind of has that, like, he kind of yeah. has that local hero charm to him. He's, you know... That is actually a good way to describe it. Yes, he's a he's a low stakes hero. He's like a he's like a, your street level level hero in like Marvel or DC. He's like he's Speedball. Ju- he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's like Speedball before all, before all, all the murders. He's happened. not. He's like um, Speedball before he became a BDSM guy. I'll, yeah, before he became Penance. Ugh, he's, let's not talk. About he's that. a simple guy who want, he's a simple guy who wants to help his family's business. Which actually is is unique. Like you, like the last two seasons. Like this is something I've liked about the Raywell writers. They all have jobs. What? They all have freaking jobs. Now later, later, like towards the end of Heisei writers, we had writers with jobs. But these are like we have a CEO. We had a, a novelist, a published novelist, and now we have just a guy who helps run his family's business. That's actually unique. It, re- it it is. He just he's like I don't like. Look, I'll be a writer, 
But my main priority is taking care of that bathhouse. He's not looking to save the world or or basically be like... Okay, if he had been like a Phoenix member and said like, I'm going to be like the greatest hero in Phoenix, that wouldn't make him, that wouldn't make him appealing. Yeah, oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Gee, I wonder if there's any characters in the show that fit those. So, okay, okay. So, no, so that's here's something makes... I was also going to say about... Is, oh, sorry. I was going to say this is something I want to say about Iki as well. And then this is something that I, I don't know. I, I know Jake probably caught on to it because I think he said something about this before. They don't go the typical route of he gave up his dreams for his family. He, they don't go that route at all. And I'm like, that's really impressive that Kinoshita showed that much like self-control to not go that route. Because you could feel it from episode one with a lesser writer they would have gone with that whole, the reason Vice exists is because Iki has dreams he never went for, which I'm so glad they didn't do. Te- no. you, if, if somebody wants to be pedantic, they can technically say, well, what about that time where he broke someone's fucking leg? I was leg? about to say that. And that. That's not the same. It's not the same no, thing. No, it's not. Because that's something else entirely different. I, and that's why I like about they it. Did like, they did explain that. They don't go the typical route. They did explain that, that he did have dreams of being a soccer player. And honestly, it wasn't that he had, he gave up on his dreams. He literally hurt his friend and he, and he was pushing himself to the point of he wasn't enjoying it anymore. And that's going to cause some damage to somebody. I liked it. Again, I I like that. That was a good subversion there too, where um, Vice was never (laughs) genuinely like evil or malicious or his deal with Vice was never... Well, I was going to say there was never any double motives, but there was, but we'll get to that. Uh, there was never any malicious intent behind yes. it. Or, where Vice was, despite being kind of a goofball and jokingly evil, was never genuinely evil. His deal was entirely altruistic, uh, and Iki at no point ever had to be like, my family's more important than my dreams or whatever. Being a hero is more important than that. Yada, exactly. yada. He never has that Spider-Man moment where he has to juggle, oh, do I sell out so I can afford Aunt May's uh, medicine or do I do the right thing and be Spider-Man? He never, he never has a and moment like that. And get Aunt May shot anyways. Well, <laughs> one, we don't have a one, Lots of comic book references today, huh? Anyways. Um, anyways. No, um, well, well, we'll see in the movie. We'll see. We'll um, see. That's the, that's the thing, right? I like it too because, again, they don't go that route. They don't go that route of he has to he has to have that Spider-Man moment. And that's and that's a typical thing for a show like this to do. Like he has to choose. No. In reality, it kind of almost it's it's kind of almost convenient the way that him being Vi or Revi. Re- Re- I don't give a shit. Revy. I'm just I, I don't call think him Re- I don't think anybody actually calls him Revi anymore. I think everybody just calls him Revice. Anyways, so that's what I'm saying. Like I like the fact that they don't make him choose. It's just well, being Revice helps out your family anyway, so Celavi, bro. Yeah. But yeah, let's talk a little bit more about Vice because I think now we can get to Vice. Uh, I honestly, what a fucking change of mind that I had with this guy from the first initial appearance of him to the end. Holy shit, I love this guy. He's he he's Vi- funny. He can be annoying at, 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 in the in in the wrong setting, but he's a funny annoying. Yeah. Vice had the potential of either being the new Taros or being the new arms monsters in horribly obnoxious side character sidekick that nobody wants to be arms around. Arms monsters? You're talking Kiva uh, arms monsters? 
Yes, the the those guys from Kiva. You, you mean the guys that didn't do shit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They, they barely did anything. And, and it, but yeah, that's so my point. Thank you. Um, yes. So, Vice from like the second they showed off Vice, I think everybody was kind of like, okay, what's the deal here? What's he gonna be like? And then when they show, oh, he's he's kind of goofball. He's kind of like a jokester and. From the first episode, I personally always really liked Vice. I always thought he was really fun. Again, he he plays off of Iki in that kind of really interesting way where Iki's very much the straight man and Vice is kind of the the clownish guy where he's constant mm-hmm. he's you know, he's making jokes and he's you know, he's doing his bits, he's breaking the fourth wall and he does get annoying a lot a lot of points. There are a lot of points in the first uh first arc of the show where he'll just kind of show up during a scene and just start making fucking jokes when there's a serious moment going on. Like there, there'll be somebody talking about like how their mother got killed by getting run over or something. This is just a, a exaggeration. This isn't me actually. He just comes show. out going, mama mia, that's a yeah. conundrum. <laughs> yeah. He never, there's, there's, there's never that full on moment where like it fully, it, it's weird because early on again, there will be a serious moment and there will be serious discussion going on. And then vice will just pop up to make a joke. That's completely unrelated or like a shitty pun about the situation. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's like that meme of Batman and Raphael, where it's like, this is where I watched my parents die. Kill a bummer. That's basically basically vice for the first, uh, 12 episodes or so. Yeah. And, and it's not even necessarily that they, as the show gets more serious, they dial it back because he's still a, a goofy jokester, even in the final arc when shit's all fucked and everything's on fire. But they they learn to pick their moments. They learn to know when Vice kind of learns when to, to shut his mouth or he learns to pick the moments of when to be goofy or not. Mm-hmm. And when he's, again, even when there's a serious moment going on and he's goofy, it's not as bad as it was early on because at least it's thematically relevant or it's like a one-off quip about something. And, you know, quips are divisive these days, I know. But it works with Vice's character. And again, like he explained... Mm, excuse me. Burp. He knows when to bring levity and when he need, and when he needs to shut yeah, his mouth. Yeah, I, I, I think yes. Kinoshita, Kinoshita really learned how to do that well. In the sense that towards, like, episode 20, it was like, wow, I don't even notice when... Like, I notice it and it's funny... But like Vice is like perfectly balanced at this point, and I'm yes. surprised he I'm surprised he did it. Honestly, Kinoshita learned how to do this shit faster than anybody I've ever seen because he was really able to do some of the shit like faster than even Takahashi when he when he came in. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, but um no the the point I was going to make was um again like I had explained briefly he's <laughs> very much the natural contrast to Iki in a lot of ways where. Mm-hmm whatever kind of personality or route Iki is going, Vice is usually the opposite. And it's never the opposite to the point where it's distracting or causes conflict. He's just kind of the natural opposite side of the coin, being, of course, his quote-unquote evil side. being Literal his demon. demon. Yes. Like when Iki's being his uh, his pushy, busybody, serious self, Iki will be... Uh, <laughs> Vice will be kind of a, a goofy jokester on the side where he'll be, you know, goofing around. He won't be really taking anything seriously. But weirdly enough, when Iki is being kind of like the goofy one, Vice will be usually either quiet or he'll be kind of a little more serious to a degree. 
where he'll be the one who's like furthering along the plot whenever Iki's in shenanigans. Like uh, there's a couple of moments near the end where um, Iki and one of the other writers, Hiromi, they'll be like goofing around, dicking around, doing something silly. And Vice will be like in the background, actually furthering along the plot or he'll be saying things that are actually relevant. Yeah. And again, and that's just in the the general personalities where whenever Iki's kind of like, uh, again, I, I think that's the best way to put it, is that whenever Iki is serious, Vice is silly. Whenever Iki is silly, Vice is serious. And there's a very, they really balance that well between the two. And I like really, it. Their, their friendship feels really natural with the way it develops, where... Again, Vice starts off kind of like playing up the fact that he's a demon by pretending to be evil. He's not very good at it. But as the show goes on, they he starts to drop that a little. He drops that fairly quickly, actually. They have this thing early on where he's like, oh, I'm actually evil and I'm only doing this because I have to. It's like, oh, I'm going to eat your parents, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, yeah, okay, I'm just kind of fucking around. It's mostly a joke. And then as yeah. we find out, it was all a bit. He was never actually serious about anybody. He had always been a good guy the whole yeah. time, which is nice. Yeah. I liked that. It didn't feel out of left field when that came up. That felt like a natural reveal with the way his character had progressed. And the way that you um, bring up their relationship is another thing that I actually really like. Honestly, they probably have my favorite buddy relationship in the franchise as of right now. Their their relationships feel so natural and so, I guess, synergized that... I I honestly could I could I could watch these guys for fucking days honestly mm. I could watch these guys for days and honestly and it led to of course I mean you knew this was happening I mean everybody fucking predicted this from episode one like of leads up to the final fight with him and Vice which honestly that was fucking heartbreaking was. for me like I felt like even I felt like wow I feel like shit watching this now I'm, I'm like I'm actually like really sad it's gonna so end. was I it's crazy. Yeah, uh, that was honestly something that I really enjoyed about the finale is that it was, it was a very different final fight than we've ever had before. Where it was, it, there was no stakes to it really. I mean, it was. They're fighting spoiler, to the death out of love. F- f- yeah, fighting to the death out of love is the best way to say it before we start spoiling stuff directly. Look, um, look, guys! If you didn't listen to the fucking robot at the beginning, you're a dumbass. I know we always bring up the robot, and I always always bring up that we have the but spoiler. But this time, running, it's but necessary. I like to at least wait until after the first half hour to get into it. Anyways, yes. So, Vice definitely does start off as annoying, and I'm glad that Kinoshita kind of learned what worked with Vice and what didn't as early as he did because. I think if he stayed how he was in, like, the first six or seven episodes up to, like, the midway point, I would have gotten tired of Vice. And I'm glad that they didn't. Mm. The best thing about Vice for me, legitimately, is just, again, I I mentioned natural. You know, you mentioned consistent. Is the fact that he consistently, like, he feels consistent. And I love how you can feel he legitimately does care for Iki. Like, to the point where he's like, I am willing to legit die for this guy to make sure that he's okay. I love that because it doesn't feel, you know, e- even in the good shows, sometimes the caring for the other character can feel a little bit forced. This one, it just felt like, yeah, Vice has been with this with this kid since he was a kid. So, of course, he's going to be like, I really want to make sure this guy is okay. And I like that. It, it felt good. And again, towards that finale was just the fucking culmination of it, and I loved it. It was great. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, let's talk about fucking Daiji, oh, shall we? All the all the Oh folks. fucking boy, boys. Oh fucking what the fuck happened to this guy? Have you heard the tragedy of Darth Daiji the Stupid? Have you heard the tragedy of Darth Daiji the Wise? Fucking when when you're when you gotta rip off the fucking Spectre V Cinema, you're really fucking up here. Every single thing. But wait, but wait, that... Daiji wasn't a clone. Was he though? I'll he say this. Wait for the V Cinema. Every <laughs> single fault that Iki could have had, that they could have, that Kishida could have done, was put onto Daiji. Okay, 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 okay. Hold on, hold on. Let's let's take this one step at a time because I want to talk about Daiji in at least some specifics because. If we don't talk about them, people are just going to be like, mm, you didn't get it. We did, you fucking right, asshole. So I got it. I got it from the fucking da- moment right. he was on so screen. So Daiji is the middle child of the, he's the middle child of the Igarachi family. He is also one of one of Phoenix's inf- like captains. In fact, it's his graduation ceremony where the first demon that we ever see attacks. And in fact, he was almost going to become Revice. But he panicked, and then over, he was meant to become it, but then his brother took over. Now we see a little bit of a looming, like a looming shadow coming from him that he has resentment towards his brother because he feels like he's unimportant, which is fair. He's the middle child, that's the middle child syndrome, and he's also the, he's also out of the three children, he's the second, he's the youngest boy because there's, We'll get into her next. Uh, let, let me let me let me explain this real quick, okay? Let me explain this real quick. Okay, so Daiji has his first tantrum with Iki. They get over it, and when that happened, I kind of was okay with it because I explained to Jay when it first aired. I like it because it kind of feels like actual siblings. You don't always get along with your brother. Let's be honest, guys. Anybody who has a sibling, you don't always get along with your brother, and you don't always get along with your sister. Don't That's just I life. know it? Yeah, everybody who has a sibling knows this. Everybody. Everybody understands you don't always get along. And that's what I kind of liked with Daiji at first. Because he, yeah. didn't, he didn't get along with Iki all the time. That was okay. And when they got over that, I was like, okay, well, it'll be fine if they have disagreements here and there. But then we get to his heel turn. Mm. And his heel turn is one of the most convoluted bullshit things I've ever seen but only for one reason it was given to the wrong character Daiji should have not been that character because it didn't fit him and because of that he becomes such a like almost he almost becomes a different guy it's a completely different character oh at that almost point. a b- borderline different character it, the thing <laughs> we're, we're we're skipping details because we oh, haven't go for gotten it, go to for all of it, it. The short version is before we'll get more to it when we get to the the specific villain. The problem with Daiji's heel turn near the end of the show is that he should not, under any circumstances, have ever turned heel with this specific character because by that point in the show, he already knew that he was an untrustworthy supervillain who was trying to enslave the human race, and he should not, under any circumstances, have believed what he said in any way, shape, or form. But, Jay, there's a reason. You know, and see, there's a reason. Yeah. Because, pussy. No, no, you know what? You know, and I said this to Well, some, no, we're I, not talking about Michi. Michi was evil because of pussy. Well, Daiji look, 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 look. look. is a pussy. 
Okay. I was going to say, there is one way that it would have worked if it was not Daiji. But who? Because, because the whole thing, and this was at the point of the show where they were trying to go for that, would you rather have freedom or protection? Who's the guy whose entire thing before he got fucked off a cliff was he wanted to be a hero? Oh. Hiromi. Hiromi wanted to be a hero to a desperate level. And being a hero means protection. Well, what happens when a hero gets so far that he wants to be overly protective? I know we're going a little bit injustice here. I get that. But let's be completely honest. It fits Hiromi way more than it did Daiji. I don't know why they didn't give it to Hiromi. I don't know why they fucked him off a cliff in the fucking first place. Because that didn't make any fucking sense. uh, But... That's a whole other different thing. We'll get to him yeah, when we get to him. When we get to but him. like, like and I was saying, like I was saying, the whole thing with Daiji, like Jay said, is that it, it shouldn't, have, it shouldn't have been him. It should have never been him. It made no fucking sense. The only reason he became him is because he got his ass kicked. the The problem is that there is not a single character in the show who should have realistically, under any circumstances, teamed up with the villain because literally every character other than the other villains, already knew that he was a villain and should yes. have had no reason to trust him. So unless they were being literally mind-controlled, they had no reason to. And look, Daiji turning heel makes sense to a degree, where, again, with the whole angle they start to introduce of freedom or protection, you know, law or chaos, that's kind of the now Again, we already used the Shin Megami Tensei comparison. Everybody kind of knew from the beginning that they were going to go down this route where Daiji was, you know, he was the morally upstanding. He's basically a cop. He's working for the government Mm. anti-demon task force. He's the, he's the one who's more heroically minded. He's the one who's more up about, you know, freedom, lawful, (laughs) basically justice and, you know, keeping the peace and all that. He's the one who tries mm. to push Iki more into being a hero. He's he's very law-minded, and it makes sense for a degree that he would end up betraying Iggy and turning on his own because he became upset. You know, he became obsessed with the idea of law and perfection to the degree of, well, fuck it, I'm just gonna take over everybody and kill everybody evil so I can have perfect goodness. You know, it's, again, it's standard Shin Megami Tensei stuff where you go too far into law and go insane. Let me throw this idea at you then. What if he just didn't go with either? What if he just said fuck all the sides? Because he, because okay, he obviously had enough of fucking Phoenix, but he also had enough of his brother. He had enough of everybody. I, I, I brought the idea. Why didn't he just go rogue? That, that, that was that was what they but set where up. Where would you have gone with, like, with he him? Then he, they, w- it literally doesn't, it doesn't change anything. Honestly, you know what? Yeah, honestly, that's the thing. Is if, if he had just kind of went off on his own, said, fuck the government. Fuck the terrorists. Fuck my brother. Fuck the demons. Fuck everybody. Uh, well, let's yeah. oh, oh, a different kind of show. Um, That's saber. Ah. He, went, he went so far into trying to protect everybody that he basically was like, "I'm going to destroy the world and make it over again." Kind of uh, that. Yeah. That would have made sense. That idea of where Iki is kind of the he's more of neutrality. He's again, because he's a very fleshed out balanced character. He's very neutral. 
Whereas Daiji has a very heroic, strong-willed, strong sense of justice, he's very much coded into law. He's very much into order. So it makes sense that he would go full-on fascist, super-powered government dictator. But the fact that he teams up with the guy who is old, openly and blatantly working for fucking Satan, makes absolutely no sense. Exactly. You are right. If literally nothing changed other than instead of teaming up with the villains, he just said fuck it and became his own villain on his own. Nothing at all about that last arc would have changed and it would have been way more enjoyable. It would have been way more enjoyable because at least then it would have made sense. Because think about it, right? Why? Oh, why would you join with the guy, as you said, who is obviously Satan, but has also kicked your ass multiple times and slit your fucking throat? (laughs) <laughs> Where is the fucking logic in that? Like somebody, I implore you, please try to explain that to me because I'll laugh at your fucking face because it doesn't make sense. Even if you want to say, well, well, Daiji was just being illogical at that point. Even the most illogical person on earth wouldn't join the guy who shot him. JFK wouldn't have joined Lee Harvey Oswald, okay? It would I mean, never work. Depends on who uh, whose angle you're talking about. Well, I don't <laughs> not to mention he was high off that. Unless this was... is the, unless this well okay, unless this is the timeline where JFK killed himself, but that's another that's you know. <laughs> well, remember he was high. That's getting he into was, schizo shit. He was flying high with wings to fly. Yes. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I was. I, I can't. I, I'm sorry. I can't stand that jingle after. Get a while. off the stage. You suck, McBain. Uh, a lot of a lot of the jingles in the show kind of sucked. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that a little bit later when we get to like the miscellaneous parts. But again, like Jason, like I said, if nothing else changed other than him just going rogue, I think I would have been okay with Daiji completely. <laughs> but oh, yeah. it's because of how they did it, and because of. Honestly, it was kind of a fucking non-conclusion because, oh, my dad almost died killing a demon. Ah, fuck it. Oh, the guy who has an 80-year-old body who f- said fuck all of us and jumped off a cliff told me that I'm, I'm an asshole. Yeah, maybe I'm kind of a dick. Really? Oh my, That's my, the fucking conclusion? And again, I think, again, even the angle they went with where, because uh, again, he has his own demon, Kagero, as we explained, who... Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike Vice, who had his own costume and personality, and well, he had a different personality. Uh, Kagero was just Daiji as a goth twink, which <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, listen. If everybody else's evil side is a genderqueer goth twink, then I guess I'm my own evil side. Not the point. <laughs> Where's uh, the good side then? <laughs> uh, you don't want to know that. I guess. Uh, if I'm considered the evil side, I don't think we want to see the good side again. <laughs> Besides the point. Um, and it made again, it made sense with his fall into full on law pill where he had lost his demon. He had lost his evil side. So it makes sense that without that kind of negativity to balance him out, he went too far into good and he looped back around to being insane. Again, that all makes sense. But again, it also doesn't make any sense that he teamed up with a guy who was openly evil. If literally, if the only difference was that Daiji didn't know Akaishi was evil, somehow did not know that he was evil, despite the fact that the man was on live fucking television openly <laughs> communicating with the devil. If, if for some bizarre reason, Daiji somehow either did not know or did not believe that he was evil, his heel turn would have made more sense, even against teaming up. <laughs> but see, that's the, weirdest, that's the worst part, Jay. They literally have an entire scene 
where he essentially heils Hitler, tries to exterminate people, and says, I love Gif. He did. <laughs> what yeah, the fuck? in the bunkers. What yeah. the fuck? Where yeah. is the logic? And literally his fr- and he was in his literal form that's holier than thou. It is literally holier than thou. Like, okay, I get and the look, symbolism you know what, there. Like, we'll talk about Akaishi for a little bit. Because he's so fucking fun as a villain. He was so you, great. He made so much of that dude, last you, part. What's the fuck was his What the fuck was his direction? Akaishi, I need you to act crazy. Okay, I can do that. But Act so crazy that you have to reel it back a bit. What? <laughs> like, go, go, don't go full Dan Corrado, but get close to it. Get, Dude, his, his evil laugh was like, self-aware ah, that you're getting close to it. Like, his laugh was like, ah, ah, He was so, honestly, it's weird where I kind of hated him early on because of just how blatantly evil he was and how just kind of like annoying it was. Everybody acted around him. But I think because of just how openly, blatantly evil he was, and the more and more evil he got, he became way more entertaining. Like, he's again, he's he's a very physically expressive actor, too, where he does a lot of the stuff with the hands, and, you know, doing hand motions and stuff like that, which the I'm, always, I'm always face, a sucker bro. for. Oh, yeah. He's got a really good uh, facial expression. He really does, but it, 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 does, it doesn't really work when his face actually does give off the villain look right away. I immediately said when they introduced him, I could tell this guy is going to be the bad guy. Of course he was going to be the bad guy because he walks in, work, you know, ruling the government, wearing thick black gloves like he's fucking Dr. He's wearing Mel. a fucking white suit. Well... A white, white suit, suit and white he's like, tie, Dr. No didn't black have black leather gloves. He of course hands. he's evil. It's the same thing. I mean, he, well, okay, they were black leather gloves because it was the That's, 60s. They yeah, had no yeah. budget. But not the yes, point. Uh, yes, Daigi. Yes. Again, fucking Dr. No walks in here. <laughs> Obviously he's evil. And it's annoying that everybody's just kind of playing along with him. But I think because of just how blatant... It, it's like... Again, it's like Palpatine because we keep making that joke comparing Daiji Dude, to Dude, I, po- I posted that entire video where he, like, he's giving Daiji the family speech with the fucking orc- like that orchestra soundtrack from, from oh, episode yeah. three. And it's like, this, is, this fits so fucking perfectly. I think that's why he became so entertaining is because he's he's basically just the emperor. <laughs> he's fucking great. Yes, he's so yes. good. He Kill makes so much of that entire arc just watchable. And I think the most interesting part, too, is that he ends up having a surprising level of uh, not necessarily humanity, like depth to him emotionally, too, where we, we find out his motive and we start to find out, like, He's got, like, a weird fixation on family and, like, oh, don't worry, guys. Super Giga Satan is actually a good guy, even though he wants to exterminate humanity. If we just get along nicely with him, we'll all be happy and peaceful. So, basically, <laughs> super, me- super Mecha Death Hitler wants to kill you, but it's fine. Yeah. He loves you. Yeah, like, again, despite being so blatantly, hysterically evil, he's still got a weird level of subdued humanity to his, uh, his emotions. And like, you get that part later on where, um, he starts to kind of get obsessed with the idea of having his own, like evil family as to, to oppose the, Daiji, my son, where he starts like treating Daiji like his actual son. And he starts getting really weird about yeah. it. And, like he's like, and I liked that. I it felt it's... like it was like, 
this is just some dude who has been alive for so long he doesn't remember what humanity is and he's trying to remember what being I human is know like. I could feel these emotions. Like you've you've got that scene with him and um God, I cannot remember his character for the life of me. I just kept saying Ninja Dad because he's an irrelevant. Oh, person. I, I. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You've got oh, you got that name. scene where uh, where he kills the Ninja Dad, and he's having that emotional moment where he's dying and he's talking about his family and he's just like, "You had a family and you loved them, huh?" And he's like, he's there. And he's like, he's got this actual. He's this quiet, subdued moment where he's like, "Love, family." Yeah, that's what I could have had. And then he's like, he's having that like kind of like he's trying to bond with the guy that he just murdered, and he's like, he's not having any of it. It's it's such a great shot too. He's like, you got the mountainside in the background. He's standing there in his white suit, covered in blood, and the dad's just laying there on the Dying. ground. It's just this, it's this quiet moment where all you hear is just like the sound of water and the the birds and everything. And it's just. It's so fucking good. And He's it really so fucking sells great. him as a great villain. I honestly, dude, I wish he was the final boss. I wish he, he was. He should have been. I really do. Honestly, considering how things went with Gifu, yeah, yeah, I kind of wish he just oh, ended up Gifu, being the final boss. Oh, Gifu, you mean fucking nobody? Gifu, <laughs> uh, what anything. a fucking waste of a villain he was. Anyway, God. so we accidentally got off the the Igarashi twin, the Igarashi twins, the Igarashi siblings. Yeah, I wish they were twins. Jesus. So let's talk about Sakura, and by Sakura I mean Lovecov. Lovecov is adorable because that's all you're gonna remember from her. So- Sakura is kind of like a non-character for most of the show. Most, all of it. <laughs> they did. They did a lot more with her than they did with most female characters. I can. You know what? I'll give. I'll give Phil sure. this on, on this one. Sakura becoming a writer actually did make her relevant and did give Kinoshita a reason to st- keep her around and start getting her involved in plots. Oh, so you mean he uh, planned I, it? Probably. I don't know. Maybe. Um, we, who fucking knows anymore? Uh, <laughs> my point is, uh, the comparison I was going to make is that compared to say Kiriko, where her becoming a writer would have solved nothing at all. Sakura becoming a writer actually did solve a lot of the problems with her as a character because she just kind of felt useless where she didn't really have any role in the story. She was just kind of like a hanger on where. Again, Iki and Daiji had the primary back and forth with each other with their personalities. And that worked, but then Sakura was just kind of there getting involved. But then her getting her own powers and then her kind of getting involved with the the anti-government, you know, terrorists and her starting to go down the chaos route. That actually really made her not necessarily interesting, but that actually really helped her become relevant and stay relevant. It, it worked, too, that they gave her the chaos route because she's the youngest sibling. Oh, yeah. Uh, being the youngest sibling, I being the youngest sibling, I think, helped her immensely because I think if she was the middle child or even the oldest child, it would have felt a bit like, what are you doing, mate? You should know better than uh, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. Um, but... <laughs> Honestly, Sakura could have been the best character on the show, and she'd still be outshined by Lovecov. Because I mean, oh my god, fucking Lovecov! Who doesn't fucking love Lovecov? Welcome to the world, Lovecov! Holy shit! This is is easy. This is easy all over again. Speaking of characters that you think would become annoying, 
Lovecov had the potential of being the most obnoxious thing in this entire show uh, because you've got all these kind of realistic, creepy demons, and then you have a gigantic plush toy snake creature that just says love all the time. Allow me to raise my hand and be the first to admit I thought I was going to fucking hate this thing. Oh my god. Yeah, from moment one, Lovecov comes in, I'm like, oh, it's going to be this kind of character. Oh. And then she gets the shit kicked out of her. And then, and then, not only does she become a punching bag, but we find out oh, Lovecov's kind of a dick too. Like, <laughs> I love that her moment dude. where she's she's insulting Vice early on. And like, oh, okay, there's a little bit of an edge to the snake. Oh, it's actually getting involved, and they're actually beating the shit out of it. It's like, oh, it's not just a thing that exists. They're actually doing stuff with her. Oh wow, okay. it's actually a character. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> she she sh- honestly, Lovecov was a better actor than Daiji. <laughs> <laughs> So, so true. much so uh, that I, I actually I, I, pre-ordered the giant 22-inch plushie of Look, Lovecraft. look, I'm going to be completely honest. Like I said, or like we already said, I sincerely thought I was going to fucking hate this character so goddamn much. But my God, I love it. I love it. Everybody wants a love cop, and I want a love cop. Everybody wants one. It's we fucking, all love love cop. We, we all, all Let's love love cop. Mm. I still need yeah, to do that I... Photoshop of her with Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, on. I love uh, what I love more is that her being a snake led to a lot of jokes with Evolt. So there's like there's a lot of weird shit post pairings between, them, <laughs> which is good. It's a good it's a good team up. Um, honestly, speaking of team ups, her and uh, Hiromi had the weirdest. Uh, had the weirdest pairing with each other, where he just for no particular reason is like. This thing is adorable. I will kill myself to defend it. <laughs> which is it's weird so because, good. like, which is like weird he's having they a conversation. They, yeah, that's kind of the disappointing part. Is they they kind of dropped that around the part where they dropped him off a cliff, yeah. and then <laughs> when he came back, they kind of forgot about it. Unfortunately, he should but have gone off another one. I guess at that point, like stakes were a little too high to have them kind of goofing around like that. So it's understandable. Still, it's a kind of weird. They like they had that set up early on, where he's like. He's a big fanboy of Lovecov, and I loved that. That was adorable. And then they just kind of, uh, nope, never mind. Let's all love mm. Lovecov. And Lovecov is actually interesting as a demon, whereas, like, so you have Vice, who's literally a second partner to Daiji, not Daiji, to Iki. He's literally, where they'll fight. Well, they'll uh, fight imagine today. Daiji and Vice, God, the show would be on Daiji has huh? his inner demons, which goes into Kagero, which is, I, I'm going to say now, they have a, Kagero and Daiji are a Jekyll and Hyde relationship, relationship, literally. Wow, really? I didn't know this. No, I'm being serious. Like, not like one where it's like he goes into like warp spasming Hulk mode. I'm talking like letting out his inhibitions, like literal original book version Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, but Lovecuff is literally the, she's, whereas, okay, so, like, where Kagero and Daiji will, like, swap over and there'll be different writers, Lovecuff actually is more supportive where the, where the Vice stamps actually turn her into different weapons, a la Soul Eater, and it's actually pretty cool seeing what kind of weapons Lovecuff can become, and it's, well, see, I like, I like, I like the idea of the demons because they all represent something different. Yeah. Like you said, Daiji's is his resentment towards Iki, but also just being weak in general. Uh, Lovecov's is just, you know, it's I, they say weakness, but I think it's more her naivety. 
of like her emotional immaturity, I guess, because let's be honest, Sakura is emotionally immature for a lot of the show, which is not a bad thing. It's just, it's just her character. And, you know, vice, you know, vice is vice. She's black. Uh, Yeah. Love cough. Love cough is great. So let's talk about Hiromi. He got thrown off a fucking cliff because he's stupid. I I, I want to say this now. I fucking love Hiromi. I I I love his character. I wish he had stayed around more. I got upset when he got thrown off the fucking cliff. Let let me let me put it like this. I liked Hiromi until he got thrown off a cliff, and then I just didn't give a shit. Because let's be he, honest, he, from from the the second that they said, oh he has amnesia, I was like. Okay. Then I said, no, he was just faking it. Oh, so he's just a dick. He's just an he asshole. Just want, he just wanted to like get away from this dumb demon bullshit. I get the feeling it's because uh, they which had makes too him many, a hypocrite. I get the feeling it's because they had too many writers going around at the time that they didn't know what to do. That uh, that what's the name of the writer again? Demons. No, no, no. The writer of the series. Oh, Kinoshita. Oh, I, I get the feeling Kinoshita, Kinoshita really didn't know what to do with him. That or Bandai told him, look, we got all these other toys that we need to sell. You got to get somebody out of there. Obviously, it didn't matter anyways. I think it's, if I remember correctly, Hiromi wasn't even supposed to be like a recurring character, let alone be a writer in general. I, if I remember correctly, he was just supposed to die in episode one as cannon fodder and never come back. And then he, for whatever reason, people thought he was really entertaining, so they kept him around. I guess the, either the staff or early, like, first episode impressions kept him around a little bit longer. Because then he got his own writer form, which is, makes sense considering that his belt went straight to P-Bandai. And he, uh, and it makes sense too where, oh, that's why it's so when they've kind of do, they've, they've kind of done everything they can with his character and then they kill him off, quote unquote. See, and again, when they bring it, him it's, back, it's, it's, yeah, honestly, yeah. I would disagree. I enjoyed it when he came back because he came back at the best time, which was during all the bullshit with Daiji going on, where he's like, he's basically the audience telling Daiji to shut the fuck up and stop being such a literally. Spat. Okay, but and I but, but let's that. but let's 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 take that then. If Daiji yeah. wasn't going through that, that he wouldn't then that would not be a thing then. Probably not. No, well, see, I for, don't for think me, they would have brought him back if that. But wasn't it makes happening. sense. But I mean, that's because, like, remember, he yeah. was his after Wakabayashi's death. He became the commanding officer. He's not only his commanding officer; he's kind of like a family friend. And well, see, if he's not going to listen to his brother, if if Daiji's not going to listen to his brother, why not listen to somebody who literally cannot become a writer at one point and it, at this point? Okay. Becoming the writer there's... and telling him, "Hey, sh- knock it off." All right. There's two things I'm gonna, I have a problem with here, though. All right. Number one, okay. As we established before, he's supposed to be the the heroic guy, right? He's supposed to be the guy who was obsessed with being a hero. Okay. Uh, why did he fake his death? And that, for that matter, why did he fake having amnesia? Doesn't that make him kind of just an asshole? Like, I can understand he wants to get away from Phoenix. I get that, but weakened exists. Not only that, but we also saw people out of Phoenix as well. So, why? Because, obviously, he wouldn't be a, a high-priority target. Fucking George was able to just leave that fucking place and go into the fucking bathhouse. And number two, <laughs> why does Daiji listen to him and not his own father? Who just almost no died. I, I don't know. I, I literally... I Bad writing, the, I guess. Ran the out po- of ideas. The him, Honestly, if... The him leaving... Fe- Sorry, I Jay, think the... On. 
yeah, go for I it. think the idea is that, again, I think Kimishita wanted to kill him off and keep him killed off. But I think because he was so popular with fans, he decided, okay, well, I'm going to say he's probably still alive but has amnesia. And then we'll see if we can find a good place to bring him back. And then I guess he just kind of got pressured into bringing him back, I guess, to sell, sell toys the or whatever. Thing? I have no idea. Yeah. It's, it's, Bar- it's Baron from Gaim. That's what happened. Oh, more or less, yeah. It's it's very similar to Bear in there, where he just kind, of, or honestly, even um, Birth, where he was just supposed to be like a transitory character for, you know, demons as a, a suit and everything else. But other things came up, and then because the character became popular, it's like okay, well, we'll change ideas, but couldn't quite fully adapt to it. And I'll I'll fully agree as as much as I really enjoy Hiromi's character. As he's kind of uh, usurped that role of being the the wizened commander, the authority figure that everybody looks up to in the final arc yeah. when he comes back. I really like that. I thought that was a great use of his character. I do agree that the way they kind of quote-unquote killed him off and then brought him back and everything made it really weak. Like Having us know that he was alive but had amnesia was... It just kind of spoiled it because it made it more. It made it too obvious that he was going to come back at some point. Mm-hmm. I think if they, if especially if they didn't do the fucking spinoff special about him, like if they did that but had it be like a flashback, that'd be fine. But the fact that we knew pretty much immediately that he wasn't actually dead, it kind of spoiled the the surprise when he ended up coming back. It's like, yeah, okay, cool, he's finally back because this has been so fucking insufferable with Daiji and all this other bullshit going on with Phoenix that we just need somebody who has some fucking idea of what they're doing to come in and fix everything. And when it finally happened, yeah, oh, holy shit, it's great. Because I remember I remember when Hiromi came back, I legitimately screamed out loud when I saw him show up. Uh, and then, coincidentally, Momoitaro died in the next episode of Don Brothers. But, Based. you know, as you do. Uh, Peaks and bounds. Peaks and bounds. But it was like, yeah, oh, holy shit, he's finally back. But it was less, oh, Hiromi's finally back because he's such a cool character. It's, oh, Hiromi's finally back, so now we can have somebody who's, you know, got a fucking brain to fix the (laughs) plot that's going on. See, and that's the thing. I wouldn't even have minded that Daiji, that he spoke to Daiji, if it didn't literally come after Deathstream. If it literally didn't come after Genta versus Vale... I don't think I wouldn't even have, I would have minded it. It just kind of comes. No, the up, problem is the problem is that he spoke to Daiji once already, and then he ignored Hiromi. Oh, that too. That's, and that's, then that's we had the too. shit with Dad, and then he ignored that, and then we had Hiromi come in again to talk to him, and that's when he's finally fucking trying to listen. Well, hey, third that's, time's a charm. <laughs> yeah. Fucking it's it again. I don't even really mind Hiromi. I think it's. It's not the character I have a problem with. It's the way he was used in that section of the story where it's like, okay, I get it, but I just feel like there's you could have done this way fucking better. He's not, and oh, that's yeah. the thing. He's not even a bad character. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say he's a bad character. I just think the way that they they messed with him fucked it. But it, again, that could also just be a barren situation where, oh no, he was just that popular that he had no choice but to bring him back. Like he was forced to. Which, to be fair, there was a couple of things in this show that I feel like they were like he was forced to do it. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if there were, because uh, I know there's at least two that I can think of. Oh, where 
Well, okay, there's one I can say for definite, and there's another one that I'm pretty sure I remember them saying that he was forced to doing, but, um, or at least it's pretty obvious, but. So what, so what was Hiromi and the second one was what? Uh, well, coincidentally, the other demons, but, uh, we'll, we'll get to that non-character. <laughs> what I was going to say earlier was, I think if they, I know that the spinoffs are in, like, are, 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 I don't know what the spinoff, like, where they take. Fuck take the spinoffs, bro. Hold on, fuck it, hold fuck, on, fuck. hold on. Remember how later on when Hiromi returns and they say that they that they made mass-produced demons drivers for like yes if they had said oh why did oh, Hiromi where have you been this entire time I know that you had amnesia and stuff if he had said look I've been out recruiting people for this new secret rider project which was the recipients of the mass-produced demons driver that would at least make some sense it would be like Okay, I had to go off the grid. I'm recruiting people. I'm training them. That's where I've been this entire time. That would have at least explained something. But see, that's the thing. I mean, honestly, let's be completely honest. The the spinoffs are an entirely different situation that Toei just... You're getting out of fucking hand with that bullshit. Let's be fucking honest with that. But again, I, I could even see... I could see that working. I could see that being a thing of like, oh, he didn't really have amnesia. He was actually just making but they what were they called just like demon mooks demon troopers i think they were just called mass produced they demons. were demon riders i think they were just called multi demons demon demon's eye demonson i don't know anyways let's let's fucking get off of this guy cuz he's stupid should we go to uh, who do, uh george i was going to say like who do we go for first do we do we finish off phoenix and then the family or do we finish the family and then phoenix uh... Uh, I mean, there's really nobody else left in Phoenix to talk it's, about, so let's just go through the family. Well, George, George technically, technically is Phoenix. Okay, fair enough. I mean, uh, well, Hiromi. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. Let's let's let's. Hiromi's not. Well, I was gonna say let's. Well, I I said Fe- I said Phoenix. Oh, okay. Though. Listen, listen. I did. Listen. Why don't you listen? Listen, boy. Oh my God. God. Gonna... Anyways, uh, yeah. Fuck it. Let's go with George. George. I'm ah. Gonna... Uh, hey, hey, hey. Early on, I, I or, okay, so he's like the tech guy. He's, <laughs> he's literally the tech guy, giving them the vice stamps and everything. They're early on, and I know AJ and Jay and I talked about this. They, I, I think, remind me again what the writer's name is again. Kinoshita. Kinoshita. I, I don't think Kinoshita knew where he wanted to go with George, if he wanted to make him the mad scientist with ulterior motives, or if he just wanted to make him this zany, uh, this zany tech guy. And he, and Kinoshita had it down until post GIF. <laughs> George's OC donut steel writer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> not, not Look, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm going to be honest. I kind of like George. At the start, because he was like, he was that shady some bitch. I was like, oh, you're a shady motherfucker, right? You're like, you got something going on there, buddy. What's uh, what's going on here? But then, like I told Jay, they kind of just drop it, and he becomes just a good guy. He's hey, family buddy, hey, George, and then he goes absolutely cuckoo for cocoa puffs in the last three episodes, which was not needed, it by wasn't. the way. It wasn't. Like seriously, what the fuck was that? And then he gets better, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's George, Rhea. Hey. 
Uh, yeah, his. Sorry, Jay. Go, on. go for it, Jay. As fun as Juga was, as sick as that entire sequence was, it really did kind of come out of left field. It really did feel like, well, we still have four episodes left. We need to fill it with something. And they probably already had that suit, so they were just like, uh, George's daddy issues cause him to go crazy. <laughs> I was I thinking that it too. Really, it literally added, it pretty much added nothing. I know someone's gonna say like, oh, well, I mean, it you know, added it, the sickest clo- suit. Well, sure, yeah, the suit, the but like, suit. but like story-wise, it really added nothing. Like, no. Okay, if they had beaten GIF, if they had left it at when they actually fucking beat him, you know, the first time, you remember that? Remember how they beat him twice? Okay, so oh, yeah. if they had left it at that, and then Juga came in, I think I'd be okay with that. But it's the fact that they already beat GIF twice. And I'm like, can we not? Can we not do this? Can we just get to the final arc? It, I think I think that's okay. It did feel like padding, <laughs> to be honest. It, it really did. And, and the thing was, they had an interest, and all it was was basically getting him to like, to get through like a very fast grieving process of he didn't get to he because he didn't get to say goodbye to his daddy. He didn't. And you know, but you know what? You know what, Phil? I would have loved if that was an entire arc because that is something that this show does well and it's the family It story. does! Because it would, it would have been something that could, they could have explored of a completely different angle. He was abandoned by his father. He hated his father, but then he realizes his dad loved him, but it was too yeah. late. That would have been heartbreaking if they had done and it And you right. know what the sad but thing is? But they didn't. The sad thing is, well, like, so we, it's like, spoilers, we, his father is alive. His father is alive. Masumi, Masumi Karazaki, who's actually the head, the head of the anti-Phoenix movement known as Weekend. And he literally will talk to George and say, like, this is like, like, he'll get, like, he'll pull a Darth Vader with a lightsaber saying, like, the vice, like, the Thundergale vice stamp. It's wonderful. Or he's, he's giving, like, you may be thinking, like, oh, he's saying as a scientist that he's praising his work. But as a father, he's saying, I'm proud of you. He, it's literally those subtle little moments that he says, I lo-, like, he's saying, I love you. And that would have been perfect. I want, you know, AJ, you're right. I wanted to see more of that. I would have actually liked to have seen some re- resolution after he, before he died. But no, it, we It's didn't. weird. You know what it is? It almost feels like this was supposed to be the movie. I think it was. Juga was supposed to be the movie. I think it was. You know you know what I mean? It felt like a movie plot. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it feels like a movie plot. And I'm like, this should have been the movie. George kind of going crazy over his daddy issues. Because where they put it, it's like, you didn't give this enough time. Yeah, Juga's a sick-ass fucking but it suit. Came don't out get of me nowhere. fucking wrong. But it's like, <laughs> there's really no need for it. And of course, you know, the Juga driver is just a fucking P Bandai thing now. Like, fuck you, I guess. No wonder why I can't Honestly, get Damon's th- driver. The problem, I think, is that they kind of early on were setting up him, like, becoming evil. They kind of had an early thing early mm-hmm. on where I know AJ and I were talking about this. And early on, they kind of had a thing with him potentially turning evil. And I was like, okay, he's probably just playing it up as a bit. I think they aren't going to have him turn evil. Honestly, I'm not entirely sure as much as I fucking loved that arc because it was a really fun arc just like overall for the character and 
just it felt like a, it, it just it didn't really make any sense because they didn't really establish like they have him up until the moment of him making the belt of him like getting really like pissed off at his dad and then of course his dad happens to pass away you know after he's kind of nutted up and now he's in that space of mind where i you know i can't finally get that well done son kind of moment that ever you know that makes sense where he starts to go on this kind of temper tantrum but the problem is there wasn't really enough to set up with it because they had been so busy focused on gif god damn it i did gif uh, I was going to be contrarian. They were so busy focused on, you know, Giga Satan the whole time that they didn't really have any time to really build up him going crazy is the problem. Uh, so it did end up just kind of feeling like a like a waste of time. It was, as yeah, fun true. as much as I did enjoy it. I did enjoy that arc, but it does really just feel like they were kind of spinning their wheels there. See, I would have enjoyed it if they actually gave it the time it needed. I agree. Because, again, like you said, like they set it up that he was going to be this way, blah, blah, blah. And I think that would have been fine. But, of course, like we said, he they kind of dropped it. And I kind of think to myself, like, how could they have done it better? Would it have been better if they didn't introduce George until, like, that – not until that – fucking point but like like later on or something like that so they wouldn't have to like just drop the thing completely it's weird it's weird that's why i kind of see george as like a movie plot because it would have just fit better in a movie and it would have given it the time it needed like him just coming out of nowhere beating the living fuck out of aguilar which is hilarious by the way uh yeah like that you know as funny as that is there really is no need for it like again i get it it just I want it more. I want them to actually do this correctly. Who knows? Maybe Geet's his dad will hate him or something. His dad left for <laughs> milk and something. I don't know. But whatever. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's such an asshole. Uh, so that's George. I guess we talk about the the dead men's uh, Olteca. Move on. Uh, we talk about Aguilera. Dude, uh, why the fuck did they bring him back? Dude, Literally they brought him back and they put him in a padded Pretty much. cell. <laughs> Honestly, I. As fun as I liked the kind of subversion between him and the other two leaders, where Julio was just kind of like a like a bit of a dweeb who got kind of sip pre- peer pressured into it, and then Aguilera was you know metaphorically and literally groomed into being she was a super villain because she was quote unquote wife of Giga Satan. Ulteca was just a fucking he was just the Joker. He was just always a piece of <laughs> shit, and then yeah. he got a chance to be an even bigger piece of shit. Why did they bring him back? What the fuck did that serve? It was so stupid. I mean, they could have had him escape from Phoenix and just steal the demons driver again, but people were already yeah, and then and then give us another fucking and then give us another fucking arc at the end that we didn't need. It was fucking stupid. It was stupid. The thing is, Olteca as a villain, he was a dick. Blah 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 blah. But like, after a while, it's like, why do we need him? just kill him off and leave him dead and then they bring him back and they, all they do is just put him in a cell anyways it's like all right the, bye. the problem is that he had no depth as a villain even though even from the beginning even they, even like when they stuck. fucking tried desperately to they didn't give him any depth they just were like oh yeah i've always been a psycho haha ha. that's my depth no no like, jay even... jay but his dad hit him yeah i was gonna hit him too but, but daddy hit me that's why i'm evil wasn't his dad uh Jiro from Kiva? I don't know. Actually, no, wasn't he? No, that's I'm high pretty... school heroes, dude. 
Ah! No, no, no. The dad in High School Heroes was Red Falcon. No, the dad in High School Heroes that beat Silver was Jiro. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. right. <laughs> yeah. I forgot there were two abusive dads in that show. Oh, uh, what Red Falcon wasn't abusive. He just didn't know. Eh, fair enough. No, but yeah. You fucking A, dude. <laughs> Uh, Alteca is like, so <laughs> fucking forgettable. You mixed up his origin story with fucking high school heroes. Oh, uh, that says a lot about fucking Alteca. One how memorable high school heroes ended up being, which was uh, surprisingly more than I thought. I know, right? and also how memorable Alteca was, which is barely. Any. Um. So let's get to uh, let's get let's get to Aguilar. Fucking this chick, dude. Uh. Aguilera. I mean, Aguilera. Uh, Phil Simp. There are too many characters in this fucking show. Oh, there please. are. But yeah, let's talk about Aguilera and why she's the most overrated character I've ever seen in my life. That is a bold statement coming from <laughs> Oh. Oh, yeah, it is. Look, Jay, I have seen Up and Down. For before, I, because, full disclaimer, I watched up to like episode 15 in the initial airing and then I just stopped. So I literally watched from episode 1 to episode 50 this, this week. So, I remember when she became the B5, right? She, <laughs> she became the B number five. So, <laughs> so Honestly, I remember. I think I think her costume would be more memorable. It literally was. It was just the, the B. B. It was literally, it, that, that suit. So, anyways, anyways, anyways. So, so, I remember when Aguilera was getting her face turned. People were like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. She's such a great written character. Blah, 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 blah. I watched the show. Her he, her face turn is just gifts slapping her. Yeah. She literally face turns by turning her face because she got slapped. <laughs> like, literally, that's her face turn. And then afterwards, she's just like, ah, you know what? Gif is kind of a dick, and he... And that's it. Yeah. Uh, I... Not necessarily... I wouldn't say it's immediate. It wasn't necess- it wasn't completely immediate. It was way too fast for its own good, but it wasn't literally immediately because of the dope slap. Because well, from that no, point, but, but you where know what I got, mean, though. Not, I do, but again, I don't think you necessarily. It, it's not exactly accurate. Though. No, no, where, I'm not saying it's a one to one comparison. Okay, but again, that that is what you're saying. But no. I agree with you that it is sudden, but it's not that sudden the way that you're phrasing it. It was definitely a little too sudden, but it was it wasn't like oh, immediately she's a good guy now. Because they still had her like running around as like a half bad guy still. I mean again, it was still way too fucking sudden and it, again, I understand it wasn't that sudden. I was making a joke either way, but I'm just saying that it felt a little too fast. It felt too fast. No, it for was definitely it was definitely too fast. And then look We'll get to him, but I hate the way that she got her writer power. I know it's supposed to be subverging expectations. I get it, Ryan Johnson, but it still felt like a like a bitch slap to the audience really did. because they they gave they gave Julio the writer speech, they gave him the flashback, they gave him the big boisterous soundtrack, and then fuck you, Aguilar gets it. I know. I mean, honest, I know she honestly, was honestly prob- if they. If yeah. they didn't already spoil her suit before the episode aired, I probably would have been more mad about that. I didn't know. <laughs> Legit, well, I didn't, well, see, that's the thing. I, I was completely surprised because, honestly, I'm, I'm actually shocked about this. The only thing I was ever spoiled of for Revice was Deathstream. And that was because you, Jackie, had showed, me to, uh, showed it to me at the hotel. 
I didn't see. That's the only thing I got spoiled of. I didn't know the about only thing. that stream. Well, I'm not talking about there. you. But, like, that's the only thing I got spoiled for Revice. Everything else I went completely blind in. And I just hate the way that she got it. It's like, really? Really? That's how you're going to do it? You're going to just cut Coolio again? Again? Fuck's sake, mate. Why are you doing this to him? I get it. He looks like a fucking Lego man, but don't got to do this to the guy. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't really care for Aguilera. And then she becomes a non-character anyways. <laughs> so let's talk about Julio. I liked Julio. What a fucking entertaining character from Star What was. a fucking simp. Yeah, he was a simp. I think, I, I think everybody kind of knew immediately from the first preview when he walked in with the fucking sombrero. Everybody knew he was going to be the most entertaining villain. And you know what? He was. Even when he was being a whining, crying weirdo, he was still the most entertaining character. Even if, and he was still the most entertaining. <laughs> even guy. if his dialogue wasn't entertaining, his fucking hair was. Oh, yeah. Holy yeah, shit. When... Who thought of that? The, uh, the ball cut? God, I don't know, but they deserve a raise. Who thought to make this guy look like Oliver Tree for 30 fucking episodes? <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> he looked like a fucking Lego. It doesn't help that his face is kind of small. So he looks like a fucking Lego guy. He looks like a Lego figure. It's fucking weird, dude. But yeah, I like Julio. I liked him a lot. I, I liked that they gave him an actual backstory that's good and didn't feel stupid and all this. I like... And then they give him, and then they give him over demons way too fucking late because fuck you. That's how agency work. Is uh, over demons the same as Vale? No. No. No? No, it's not. Uh, Veil is different. It, they look the same, but they're different. That, that's what was confusing me. They looked the same, but they, they're they just not the same. There, there's there's slight difference, like differences. It's a kit bash, Veil. Yeah, it's a... It's Welcome a, it's to Common Rider. <laughs> it's a kit bash. Um, but yeah, I like I liked Hulu. He's great. Um, so we're done with the weekend people, because there's nothing to say about them except for the fat chick that died, and I didn't know she died, because she didn't appear in more than five fucking episodes. No. Um, so let's talk about Hikaru. Fuck this character. I, why was he still around? He should have died like seven times. He, I can tell you why. Remember how? Uh, remember how? Uh, how Julio was? How he was a sim for Aguilera. Well, he was a well. Hikaru was a sim for Sakura. Oh. God, what a what a weird story arc for him too. That went nowhere. See, let's just talk about the reason why he's even a character to fucking begin with. Because his, his agency bitched at Kinoshita just enough. No, they bitched at Toei just enough to where they were like, oh, if he doesn't get more screen time, he's going to be taken off the show. Are you serious? Good. Okay, take him off the fucking show. Yeah, I'm not joking, there. Phil. That was the reason why Julio did not get over demons at the, at the beginning. Oh, that's... He was supposed to be over demons. Oh, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. Oh, come Makes you hate that fucker a whole lot oh, more, didn't it? come on. Man, I hate agencies. I hate Hikaru. I hate agencies. Fuck Japan. <laughs> just, just fuck it. Uh, anyways, after after Hikaru, let's just talk about the family because uh, they're the only ones we got left to talk about. Really, I like the mom. Mom was great. I love the mom. Mom's sweet. I like her. She's a mother. Mom, mom was. Mom felt a little weird at points. Uh, definitely, like. E- I I appreciate where it's like, oh, she's been dealing with weird demon bullshit for like. 20 years now so it's of course that she has a very unnatural reaction to all of it but at the same time again it still felt like weird how how 
plain and normal she was taking all this weird demon bullshit going on she just kind of rolled with it all and it felt a little weird at points for me and it felt it it kind of made her not really mesh all that well with the other characters and it felt it made made her feel like she belonged in a different show to me are you turning on someone's mother no you're turning on someone's mother jay why'd you call me i'm not attractive uh, wh- wh- I'm not talking about you, Phil. You almost did. <laughs> what? No, I said Jay. Oh, uh, never, never mind that. Jay, Jay, Jay is shitting on someone's mom right now. You don't shit. I can't on believe some, it. You don't don't shit. On I am not. I am not Jay. literally. I am not defecating on somebody. Okay? I cannot believe that Jay is shitting on someone's mom right now. This is Jay. This, you I can't imagine it. That is that is truly, that is lewd and that is indecent. I would never do Jay. something like that. What, what would I know what I'm would horrible. Iki, what I've would Iki do if he saw this, man? Come on. Anyway, he'd probably punch me. To be fair, the entire family probably would, because they're all fucking crazy motherfuckers. Um, that is true. Family so, of psychos. So speaking of psychos, let's talk about Genta. Ooh, I like Genta. Genta. Genta had a very strange arc. He did. Oh, he really oh, he did. did. He, re- he it, was fucking weird, man. I I compared him to his character, his actor's character in High School Heroes early on to AJ, because it's. It's that same route of, oh, here's a goofy side character that's actually super mega important to the entire plot line in more ways than we I wish your Kinoshita didn't write High School Heroes. Oh, he did? You know what? Maybe. I don't know. No, you fucking dumbass. Pay attention. Where he starts off as, like, again, he is just this kind of, like, he's the goofy dad. He's got a YouTube channel that nobody watches where he does dumb dipshit videos for nobody but himself and his family, and even then, just himself. And then they were like, oh, there's something weird. Like, that's actually not something possibly normal. Like, you've got George, like, watching him. Like, what the fuck is up with this guy? Like, like this is this is not how a normal human being should be acting. And then we find out, oh, he literally doesn't have a fucking heart. He is literally not a real human. He's a heartless. <laughs> He's... He's literally like a fucking walking monster. And it's so it's such a fucking sharp turn where it's like, oh, oh, dad's all fucked up. And then we find out that uh, his the dad is also a demon. Well, not necessarily a demon, but he had his own demon. And he was a writer. And he because he was a demon here he had a fucking uh he, fuck, he had a demon god fucking damn it because he was also a writer in the past his kids all have demon blood in them basically which is oh what a surprising turn of events that ended it, up being what the fuck it does actually explain why their demons actually act differently than the other demons with their contract it actually makes sense oh yeah so, and yeah. honestly, Genta is only as entertaining as his demon Vale, who I'm gonna be honest, like eighty percent of Vale's character was sold by the fact that it's Kenjiro Suda. Yep. Like if if it were literally any other voice actor than Seto Kaiba, I don't think Vale would have been as entertaining as a villain. How does he do it, Jay? How does he sound He's so just... naturally fucking evil? I'm pretty sure he smokes like a pack. What about Masumi? He just but. sounds he sounds like an actual like if you were to tell me right now, hey, what is what does a demon sound like? I would point to you to this guy. Cause he sounds so fucking evil, dude. It's amazing. He really does. He's just so so good. He's like Wakamoto, where he just naturally sounds like a like a bad guy. 
Oh, yeah. Honestly, like, I'm so glad that they actually kept him around and that they didn't just, like, bring him in to voice the one belt to do, like, three lines of dialogue for the Demon's Driver. Honestly, the fact that they fucking turned the Demon's Driver into an actual character with motives and a personality was such a great idea. Or it's like, oh, oh, how about the uh, the Demon's Driver is evil and it's killing whoever uses it? Oh, how about if there's a literal demon inside of it? Oh, how about that demon inside the driver is the dad's demon and the dad used to be a common rider? Man, what a fucking brilliant turn of that turn with just a a random throwaway character and toy it's such a brilliant idea honestly and not only that it actually led to my favorite fight of the show oh the that hmm. fight was beautifully that done. was a good fight i i almost wish no i no not almost i do wish that death stream never came back that was the only time they ever used him i really do because that was such a like impactful fight that I'm like I wish this was the only time we got to see it because of like all the symbolism and shit that, that was in that fight I mean shit he literally mm. stabs himself for fuck's sake um, so I was like man this is so fucking good what happened oh, to yeah. Gento how did how, why is Gento so fucking good why is why is this man's life nothing but suffering and why does that make him so entertaining and fucking hilarious I think it's because you know uh, I know I'm using it wrong, but I want to use it because I feel like Jay knows what I'm talking about. It's the sad clown thing, you know. Yeah, it's the sad honestly. clown thing. You know, he he's Pagliacci. He's, he's funny. He's really funny, and I love him. But there's obviously a a <laughs> I'm excuse the pun veil of like depression there, and I'm like, wow, that's so fucking well done. <laughs> you know what it makes me think, Jay? It makes me like think, man. I wish we kind of had another Hibiki situation where. You would get somebody like this as a writer, like an older person to play a writer now. But, you know, that would never happen because we got fucking no. we got fucking Thouser Jr. over here. Um, no, but that would be really like, honestly, I would have watched the show if Genta was the protagonist. Yeah, right. I'm so glad someone <laughs> I, the else show, did it. The sh- I would have I would I would want to see a show with him as the main character. Honestly, like just the same way the show went. If he was the main character the exact same way he was in this show, the exact same plot beats and everything. I think he would have been. I think it would have been a way much much cooler show to be entirely honestly. Honest. It would probably be one of my favorites. Oh yeah, like I, I I almost hope somebody out there. I know it would be hard with, but with editing you can do anything. I almost hope somebody out there does like a Genta supercut where it's like they use the veil special and Death Stream where it's like all right. Here it is. This, this is this is the story of Genta, and I'm like, fuck, that's awesome, fucking love mm. it. Um, but that's about everybody, right? That's everybody. That's everybody who matters, yeah. pretty much. So should we talk about stamp camps? Stamp camps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Oh Jesus. Mandatory so, stamping. So this show went through a couple of different arcs. Uh, <laughs> so the the first arc was. Uh, of course, the dead mans are trying to release people's demons because uh, something, something Gifu. Uh, and so they're picking people to make contracts and use the stamps to become demon monsters. It's standard Monster of the Week stuff, which honestly doesn't really go anywhere. And uh, I, as much as I miss it, I'm glad Common Rider is kind of dispensing with the Monster of the Week format these days. It's just... it. 
it really doesn't work anymore. It's, it's progressing past that. Yeah. Like, I think the last show that really kind of bothered with the Monster of the Week format and made it work was, like, probably Drive. Mm. Everything else is really just, it's felt vestigial to the plot. Like, like you have to do it because it's tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, the thing where early on, it's just, okay, so it's your pretty standard deal with the devil type scenario. And you got a little bit of the bickering with, uh, you know, the the law and chaos aspects and you got, you know, you got some intrigue, get some plot lines going on. And there's kind of this weird veil that, uh, Phoenix, the government guys are secretly evil and there's something going on, you know, maybe there's something going on and they're kind of ended up being that. And it kind of, the show kind of kept foreshadowing like the idea that Phoenix itself was actually totally evil, but no, they just kept hiring supervillains for whatever reason. <laughs> That's amazing, so isn't then, it? Yeah. It's like the red it's like if the Red Cross fucking hired Pol Pot. <laughs> but yeah, after that kind of they kinda of get the uh the monster of the week type stuff done. The show honestly starts becoming a little bit more entertaining where it's you've got the Phoenix's new leader, Akaishi, as we said. Uh the original leader Wakagabashi, I think his name was, or he, yeah. was, he wasn't the leader. He, he was, was just like commander. commander supreme. He was basically the leader. The uh, chin dude from Amazon's, I guess. <laughs> uh, I would resist to, him saying it. <laughs> who turned out to be uh, like an imposter, which kind of felt unnecessary, honestly. It, it felt kind of sus. Like, yeah, yeah, honestly. Uh, <laughs> okay, so... So after they kind of get done with the the Monster of the Week type stuff, uh, what it ended up being is uh, Akaishi's starting to do a little bit of manipulation with Phoenix, where he's starting to start set up uh, them basically taking over. And we get introduced to a group called Weekend, who are... Uh, ba they're basically terrorists. They're The government is secretly evil, and we're here to take over the... You know, not take over the world. We're here to destroy the government, basically. They're kind of like... A, they Honestly, it's weird, because they set them up as being like these big counterculture like revolutionaries, but they don't fucking do anything yeah. at all. They just exist. Anyway, so they set up this kind of political intrigue stuff and you've got Akaishi starting to manipulate people and starting to uh, go a little bit more public with the demon stuff. He's starting to try to play it up, make it a little bit more of a threat. Um... <laughs> And then, of course, that's when we find out about uh, the dad, and we start to find about the uh, the demon genes and all that, and we find out the dead man's motives and all that. But um, around like the midway point, Akaishi just goes full on mask off. He's just like, "Oh yeah, uh, demons are gonna fucking take over the world. We're not equipped. Uh, the common writers are all a bunch of psychopaths. Uh, we need to just give in. We just need to quit." <laughs> Uh, everybody who has a demon, uh, you need to get rid of your demon because that is just going to make you a target. Um, so, so they do, th this plotline ends up not mattering too, which is the funny part of they're forcing people more or less to go and have their demons extracted to do something <laughs> or other. And it's, <laughs> it's, it ends up being this almost bizarrely unintentional comparison to like 
COVID and the vaccines and everything. Jay, it's Jay, like, let's 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 not even try. It's not yeah, an intention. This motherfucker I, knew I, what he was doing. I literally, I literally cannot decide whether or not it was intentional. There's no fucking I, way. It was there intentional. is no fucking way. This was not on purpose. This would have to. This motherfucker would have to be the most sheltered some bitch in the world to not have, find this funny. To not find this intentional. It would literally, it would literally not be the first time something like that. It's. Happened. It is so like. It is so on the nose, it's basically sitting on your face. It is, yes. Yeah, so there's, the entire plot ends up being, like, a weird, weird, like, criticism of, like, the fucking COVID vaccine and, like, how it's actually secretly a conspiracy and shit. It's, it's so bizarre how one-to-one it is. Like, like it's literally... The entire thing is fabricated. You just need to get this done because it's it's you're being told by the government to do it. <laughs> and it's secretly helping the bad guys and nobody believe you know, everybody thinks, Oh, there is literally somebody who just straight says, I think the demons are a hoax. Like Right Yes fucking, <laughs> Dude, for fuck's sake, they quarantine they're super they're having super powered battles in the fucking street on live television. Fucking Revice's secret identities, public knowledge. He's on. He's been on the fucking news. How can you say it's? A he hoax? was on the radio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they. But that's the thing. Like they fucking quarantine and everything. They might as well have just started wearing masks. They might as well. <laughs> because it's just. It is so fucking like. What the fuck? Like I'm not gonna lie, Jay. When I because. Let's be honest. It came out of fucking left field the first time it happened when they oh, said yeah. mandatory stampings. I'm like, no. no, no. Oh my God. It is, it is bizarre how blatant it is where it is so blatant. I am, I'm convinced that it was not intentional. I <laughs> genuinely, genuinely oh cannot God. accept that this was a, intentional idea this just was so bizarrely coincidental to current events that it was unnoticeable it it's i have no idea i i have no idea how the fuck he got away with that it's so obviously he did it because there's a bunch of people on twitter who are fucking mad about it (laughs) well they're white people they don't matter no the japanese too there's a bunch of Let's Japanese turn. people who are tweeting at him like, what the fuck was that, bro? <laughs> oh, my God. Y- yeah. I don't even know. Like, that's the thing. It's such... And you know what the funny part is? Is that it doesn't even matter. It's no, it doesn't. Literally, it doesn't fucking... Which is why I feel like nowhere. it is... Imp- that's why I feel it's intentional. Because he made it such a, like, a non-factor. It was just like, let me put this in and see if they catch it. Oh. He's weird. It's... Yeah, Kinoshita does a lot of weird stuff like that, where he puts in a lot of really weird commentary about, like, current events and current society and stuff like that. And it's just, like, it's brought up and then glossed over to the point where it's like, I don't know if he's intentionally trying to make a point. I don't know if this is just a big coincidence or not. I can't tell, and honestly, I don't want to figure it out. Oh, my God. It's amazing, dude. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so good. It's... it's, I, I honestly, Jay, when I first saw mandatory stamp camps, I I stopped watching that entire day. I couldn't do it. I, I, I died. Honestly, I was like, you know what? I got to go home. 
I gotta go eat a sandwich. I just can't think about this right now because holy fucking shit. Oh my god. Oh, I know I know exactly what you mean. Like watching that come up live, not knowing that's going to happen, and seeing them talk about this shit, I'm like wow. I it legitimately caught me off guard too, where it's just I'm still having again, I'm still having trouble processing whether or not that was legitimate or not. I do I can't decide if it was legitimate or not. <laughs> Little did we know, Revice wasn't drawn, wasn't written by Kinoshita. It was written by Magenta. Oh. Anyways. Um, no, 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 no. If it was written by Magenta, then the stamp camps would be actually 100% a good thing. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, after stamp camps. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I guess I guess we just got to go to the final arc, which is Iki fucking loses his... I'm, fuck, I'm just going to qu- come out right out and say it because Kinoshita basically did. Iki has Alzheimer's. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so so the show sets up uh, around the same time, uh, relatively early on in the show, that every time Iki transforms and every time he gets into a fight, something weird is going on, where like we start to see him slowly disappear from photos. And Vice seems to figure it out really early on. He He makes a comment about it, but then doesn't bring it up again. And again, I I don't know if that was like he wasn't quite sure what he was doing with that or not yet. I, I think then, so too. Uh, I think that I think he yeah. wasn't sure because I feel to me, I feel like he might have he might have tried to begin like the beginnings of that was probably he was gonna go full Zeranos where people forgot about him, not the other way around. Hmm. That or I don't know. Maybe he was going to slowly become more of a demon or something mm, like that. You know I what? Yeah, really you like know. the flipping sides and shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I do have a I, th- which I think is a good I, th- I think is a good idea. Rather than like making it super blatant and then changing your mind, I think keeping it subtle was a good idea. Because it wasn't until around like the halfway point when we we get the full nature of their contract is when I think he really kind of settled on it. Because that's. That's when we start getting more of the stuff about his memory. So, mm-hmm. as we find out, um, uh, er, when he was a wee lad, uh, Dad had a bit of a tam- temper tantrum with his demon, Vale, uh, and nearly killed his whole family, you know, as you do. Um, so, what ended up happening is that uh, little baby vice, by baby vice I mean fully grown adult vice, made <laughs> a contract with baby Iki, where he'll always protect him and help him to save his family and keep his family safe and help him stop the bad guys. But the payment that he made for the contract was that Iki would have to forget about that interaction they had. And because of the specific wording that he and Vice made because Iki was a child and didn't know any better and Vice is a man child and is an idiot uh, every time Iki transforms he loses more and more of his memories of his life and specifically of his family and his memories associated with them and because of the way the contract is there is no way for them to void it or undo it so as the show goes on, he starts losing more and more of his memories, and he starts forgetting more and more about, like... Mm, excuse me. He starts forgetting, like, vague details. Like, the dad makes an offhand comment about, like, a vacation they took. 
he's like vacation oh i don't remember about that and it's like oh okay it's like yeah it's subtle to the point where it's not like oh i guess i've just been so overworked i don't even you know i've been so focused on the the demon stuff and the writer stuff that i've kind of forgotten about my family but then they turn out oh i've literally forgotten about my family i i am Uh, not gonna lie jay and i I think i mentioned this to phil that scene where he's like oh our our bath is only open until only opens at three i was like oh oh that that scene in the last chunk of episodes where he he's fully forgotten his parents and he's just like hey i'm sorry we're closed to (laughs) his parents in their own house and everybody looks at him like he's gone insane because by that point the parents already knew that he was losing his memories yeah but they had kept it a secret from uh daiji and sakura but that moment where he's fully forgotten his parents is so so genuinely dramatic and emotional and then there's the follow-up later in the episode where he goes back home and he's just like mom dad like he's really like unsure of himself and he's like confused when he's like, oh, talking geez. to them it's so so yeah. good honestly it dude i so when, when it when great. it happened like when that scene happened and this doesn't happen off of common writer anymore so i don't know what that says about the, this franchise up to this point i audibly like legit like gasped like oh fuck i because like, you, you know why jay because even though they mentioned it you kind of it's it's kind of genius in a way because the way that they set it up is that he's losing memories and they do say eventually you'll you'll forget about your family but you start thinking oh well he'll be losing small things like a vacation or something something that they ate or something like that you never you never realize oh shit at any moment he literally could just lose his memories because they don't say it goes from like small memories to big memories it's just that random so at literally any moment he could have forgotten his parents and it was like, mm. oh, fuck, that fucking bomb dropped. I was like, holy shit. And yeah. I think I think uh, you make a good point there is that we don't really get plots like this anymore where, again, it, the, I think the problem is that when they do these kind of like long-term stakes plots, they'll bring it up once or twice, never mention it again, up until the point where they decide, okay, here's where we're going to resolve the plot. And now suddenly it's like, oh, now it's immediate stakes. Like, um, fuck it with go and drive where they mentioned like, (laughs) Oh, he's trying to rush to do something. Oh, he's got some sort of time limit or whatever. And then they forget about it up until, Oh, we suddenly reveal, Oh, uh, something, something in my dad or whatever. And then it's immediately not a fucking problem anymore. Like that's, that's kind of the issue where a lot of other shows, they don't, they can't do those long-term stakes anymore. And I think revice really pulled it off pretty well. I think, mm-hmm. again, I think it was a little too heavy about it early on. Oh, yeah. To a degree like, where like it, it made you think that they, this was an immediate thing. Yeah, I think where where they had the, the him disappearing from photos in, like, episode six or seven, mm-hmm. I think they kind of set up a... Uh, uh, they set it up a little bit too heavy, I think, unfortunately, especially where, again, it's not entirely clear whether or not he always had that idea in mind or not. Mm-hmm. I think if it was a little more subtle about it, it probably would have had a str- it still had a really strong impact from Did, the moment we learned of the stakes up mm-hmm. to the finale. Do you think it would have been better if like 
he didn't introduce it with the with the pictures right away. He would have introduced it with like Iki finally finishes the fight and they mention, Oh, this is like the time, blah blah blah. And Iki's just like, yes, I don't remember if, that. If they did it like um how they were starting to do it after yeah. the reveal with Vale, where Dad or Daiji or whoever offhandedly mentions something and he's just like what? What are you talking about? But but obviously something not super important, something that he could easily forget. So even to yeah, the like, audience, uh, it's like, like oh, like of course. Yeah, like a like a specific meal or like a vacation. You remember like that a, time like we an, went to McDonald's or something? It's like oh, yeah, or like that. a random anecdote of their their childhood, where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. do you remember the time where uh, uh, Daiji ate shit off his bike? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it was a big deal for you emotionally, and he's just like. No, I forgot about that. And honestly, I think they even do do that. They do that a couple of times. Oh, they do. There's a couple of times where they bring up something small and like even like you can see on Iki's face. He's like, and, you know, all props to the fucking actor for doing this. He's like, "Mm, I don't remember that. And you know what? That's again, that is subtle where it's like, oh, I mean, that's natural. That happens to a lot of people where something that was a big deal to them when they were younger you know, because it's kind of past, they've started to forget about it. And it isn't until they're much later that they start to remember it. I'm sure there's plenty of things that you and I and Phil and Chad and everybody else, there's something that we had that were big emotional moments to us when we're younger and that now we can barely remember. Then I'm sure someday we'll probably suddenly remember. Yeah, and, and, and that's the what's way they ha- about it. Oh, yeah. And, and again, it's like where I said where, especially with the, the course of the plot, where Iki's been so focused on doing the common Rider shit. Oh, yeah, I mean, the families kind of fell to the wayside there. And that, I thought, was really good. I think if he didn't do the stuff with him disappearing from the photos, I think it would have been better. But again, yeah. I'm not sure if... So. <laughs> oh, oh, gee, gross, Morty. <laughs> and he burps. Morty. Yes. It I don't know if mm-hmm. Iki disappearing from the photos... And him forgetting about his family were supposed to be one and the same up until a certain point. Do, do you I don't think know. He, I was going to say, do you think that the disappearing photos might be, and and, and I don't mean to say this to, to insult people, it might have been like a rosy situation, like, oh, everybody has to get what's going on kind of thing? Possibly. I think it was, you know, again, at the end of the day, this is still a show for kids. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably a, a conceit that he had to put in. Of, sure. Okay, well, we need to have somebody understand the uh, what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I could see it as something like that, but I can also see it the way you're saying it, where he started this idea not really knowing where exactly it was going to go. Because I originally thought that maybe they were going to go full Xeranos, where people forgot about him, not the other way around. You know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, I can definitely see where you're going with. And I, I, I think it would have been interesting, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I really enjoy the way that we have it. Oh, I enjoy the storyline. I honestly could not foresee or see any other way that this went, other than like a super happy them, again. Them going full Devil Man, where every time he transforms, he he becomes less and less of a human, and he's starting to erase himself from humanity and stuff like that. Like, unless that's the route they went, and they went full like grim, dark, downer ending. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't see any other way that they they did this plot line that made it better. Honestly, I I love it too because it it's, it's I'm not gonna say it's realistic, but it very much shows like what not only the person goes through but what the family goes through when someone's going through something like this. Like 
legitimately one of my favorite parts of the entire show. The entire show was that one frame where Vice goes to the parents, like, you know, he's going to start being his Vice, and it's like, hey, you know, mom and dad, tell Iki something. But he just stops, and all you see is, like, a half frame of his mom and dad just, like, just depressed in the fuck at the fucking family table, and I'm just like, Oh, dude, that fucking hurts. It, it really does. That hurts. Like, it was masterfully done. Like, legitimately, I was like, yeah, this 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 show really understands what it's doing with its fucking characters, and I fucking love it. That's and again, painful. It, it, yeah. That that was a painful scene. Honestly, yeah. And again, mm. the when when it when it drops the boom of him forgetting his parents. And then, of course, you know, when he asks Vice, hey, who are they in relation to Daiji and Sakura? I'm like, oh, fucking oh. hell, bro. Oh, that was such a major That really was. It was, too, oh. because you could tell, like, you know, Daiji and Sakura, like, they're all happy. Like, yeah, we beat the bad guy, but they're really holding it back. Like, but you forgot about us. And uh, you could oh. tell even beforehand, Ooh. I think, th- I think for the younger viewers, they would, they wouldn't have known this until the dialogue, but I could tell just by his face when they went. Like, oh yeah. Like you could tell by his face, like how his face was going. Like I, I immediately was like, Oh no, 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 oh, no, shit. no. And then I was oh. like, Oh, you went there. Why? It, it, it it's actually really sad because uh, Kinoshita doesn't just like let him remember like a couple. He just completely forgets his family entirely, like enti- to the point oh, where yeah. he doesn't feel comfortable living there anymore. He gets his own apartment with Vice and everything. And of course, that brings us to the ending. Which let's just talk about the Ooh. ending right here and then. I like the ending. Such a good ending. I like the ending because, and I know. I know what's going to happen. Summer movie's going to come around. Vice is going to come back some fucking way. Blah, blah, blah. But I like the ending because it's another one of those. There is no other option. There's no second way. You want your memories back? You got to kill me. You don't want them back? Then you're going to stay like this forever. There's no third option. Mm. There's no super happy ending to this whole thing. And they do. And Kinoshita does it in a way that I think. Well, no, it's, it's never really been done like this before where they're. The final fight isn't out of malice. They're just two buddies fighting it out, and I I don't know. It just th- that yeah, entire like scene was a big hurtful, man. Sprawling, uh, brawling session. It's basically. depressing, and it fucking hurt, dude. It hurt. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, the whole the whole last two episodes were really good because I like that it's Vice who's like he he's the one who goes to George. He's like, listen, I fucked up big time. You need to help me. You need to like. This is what's going on. This is the reality of the situation. You need to help me. And then George is like, no, fuck off. And then he's like, okay, that was a little too rude. Here's what you got to do. And then it leads to this whole... They kind of... I'm To a degree, I'm glad that they spoiled it because it, it made me surprised where they showed off, oh, the final fight's going to be Iki versus Vice, which was kind of you know, predictable. You kind of knew that was going to happen. Yeah, it was one of those things where you didn't know how it's going to happen, but you know it's going to happen. No, exactly. I like the way that they ended up doing it, though. I like that it was... He decides to do the, ha ha ha, I'm faking pretending to be really evil so you can try and kill me. But that plan backfires, so it's like, uh, well, fuck it. Let's just, uh... Let's just be honest about it. Your life will be better with me or without me. 
you need to have your family and your memories back. And all these other people agree with you. And they kind of have that, that really bittersweet, you know, bro fight basically where they, he slowly starts getting his memories back as he slowly starts to forget about vice. And that's such a great yeah. trade off where it's like, Oh, he remembers his family and he remembers being a writer, but he doesn't remember anything about vice at all. That's it's really good. It's really, it, I'm glad that they at least up to this point have not undone. They did not undo vice's death. They that, that's what I'm saying. It's one of those, it's yeah. That, that's why yeah. I'm saying. Like, I like that there was no third option. It's kind of like Blade, where there is no third option. You either do this no, or you're fucked. Pretty much. You know? I like that. And, you know, it's it's even better because, you know, Vice had, like, a really good line, you know, because people are like, well, what, what about you? Like, Iki's going to be nothing without him. But, but, and Vice is just like, well, he can't be sad about somebody he can't remember. That's heart-wrenching. Like, oh, fucking mm. hell, dude. Fucking hell. It's like he's accepted his fate that he has to die. And again, like Jay said, oh, yeah. that that entire bro fight where they're just having fun with the forms, or and like, and they're, they're even making little comments like, "Oh, that one was always super fun, wasn't it?" Yeah, that was the best. That one was that we sweet. Could fly and shit. I was like, oh, "Yeah, damn it, dude, you can't do that to me, man." Can't, but but you know what the worst part? Not the worst. The the most heart wrenching part is Jay. Iki didn't even land the final blow. Vice just died. Oh, yeah. Mm. Vice just up and died, and it's crazy because it's like. It, it, it hits even harder because it's basically the show saying you don't get to choose when a family member goes away. It just happens. Yeah. And I'm like, God oh. fucking damn. You, fuck. You just got to kill me like that. You just got to like stab me in the fucking gut with that shit, dude. Fuck. Mm. Like that legitimately did like, mm. probably the, probably the most depressed I've ever been at a writer show for a while. <laughs> well, besides being depressed that it's so shit. But, you know, <laughs> honestly, I I compared it to it's it's very similar to Oz's ending, yeah. but it's a little more sweet than bitter, where it's that same kind of, yeah, everything's happy. Everything's been resolved. All the problems are gone, but your best friend is dead and he's never coming back, quote unquote, mm-hmm. you know, and it's uh, kind of like, well, life goes on, but it's still hard to uh, to move on. And I like that. I really liked that. And I I do like the idea that, like, subconsciously Vice is still around because Iki's starting to copy his mannerisms and his shtick. And, you know, I'm sure that's going to be a setup of, like, oh, Vice is still around because blah, 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 whatever bullshit. Plot, but yeah. I like that idea that they were friends and bros for so long and they were family for so long that Vice ended up subconsciously imprinting on him that way. And I liked that. I liked the angle that they went with that. And shit, if, if uh, you know, I know they're going to, but in a bubble, you can you can even look at it like that. Like, you know, when you hang out around people for so long, you just kind of copy their mannerisms. It's weird. Yeah. And you can and you could use that. And it's oh, great. Yeah. Honestly, in a bubble, this show is like it wraps up so nice and neat in a way that I don't think a lot of other writer shows could do. It's great. No, 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 not at all. So, uh, miscellaneous things before we get into our final thoughts. Uh, uh, I liked the. I liked most of the suits. Yeah, the suits are nice. I'm surprised at how divisive all of the suits ended up being when they were first shown off. But it's weird because I re- like every single time a new suit showed up, everybody was like, "Oh, this looks like dog shit. Oh, this is the worst one yet. Oh, this sucks, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. 
And then every time it actually debuted, everybody ended up loving the hell out of it. To some exceptions. Like, I think some of, like, the, the early quarter one forms where, like, the random stamp forms were yeah. kind of mad. And I... I'm kind of glad that they ditched the uh, the whole, oh, they're themed after old writers idea, because that kind of started getting old. Yeah. Like, they didn't really need to do that. There wasn't really any it reason to anything, do that. Really. No. Um, I mean, they kind of kept it around subtly with, like, the weapons and some of the other stuff, like, uh, uh, off the top of my head, um, fuck, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, like, like, so... Sakura's weapons, they were all themed after old riders, but they were subtle enough about it. They were like, um... Like, Deathstream, he was themed after an old rider. I mean, that was super subtle about I mean, it. I mean, like look, a at, lot look of at Juga, stuff. fuck's sake. Yeah. I mean, other than the fact that he's basically just, like, a bootleg version of Ultimate Kuga, I mean, it's, <laughs> that's, uh, that doesn't really have anything to do with it. It's just like, oh, here it is. Oh, here's some old rider references. Yeah. I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they didn't end up really, like... <laughs> Despite this being an anniversary, I'm glad they kind of went like the Forza. Route, I was about to was say, yeah, spirit, and they didn't like play it the fuck up like say Zio did. Like, it was a big dumb crossover fest. Like as much as I kept memeing Gifu is going to be the great leader into ha- trying to happen, I'm glad that they didn't do it because that would have <laughs> yeah, really it would have been stupid. Um, I'm, I'm surprised we didn't even talk about Gifu, but there's nothing to talk about with him anyway. Yeah. They kind of wasted him, which is like I really. It's weird because from the moment he showed up and the moment he first got his form, he was a really fucking intimidating, interesting villain because he was he just was there. He was just evil incarnate and he was just there manipulating everything. And I mean, everyone. I know we make the joke, but he was literally just Satan. Pretty much. Yeah. But then like then when he starts actually getting involved in fights, he's just like the biggest fucking jobber constantly. Literally every episode he gets his ass kicked. And then he just like he just comes back the next week, and it's like he's like, like okay, fucking Seymour from Final Fantasy X. <laughs> That's oh, a deep come cut. Come on, be nice. No, 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 no. Come on, bro. Every time he kicked his ass, I would come back for Yuna and show you my penis. At least, at least, at least, Gifu had a better voice actor. Ha! <laughs> Actually, the voice acting was really good and a better design. Yeah, they had a uh, fucking cars doing Ma- voice. Masumi was. Sick. I loved Masumi's voice actor. Honestly, dude, when I, when I when I saw uh, George's dad out of the mask, I was like, "What the fuck is that, Alteca? <laughs> what the fuck?" <laughs> to be fair, oh, then... what in the in the in the flashback? Yeah, no, it would be funny if it was right. Because uh, no, I was like, uh, what the fuck? "That's Ultraman X, actually," which is weird that he's like the only. Okay, no fucking uh, yellow from Q Ranger was a random villain of the week, but other than that, like, like he those well, two Beat were, Buster like, was here too. Return, like, was he? That's Remember, right. Beat Buster he was. was here. He, he was, was in there. the same episode as uh, Q Rangers Yellow. Yeah. Man, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I forgot going? about that. I remember because you were the one who mentioned, oh, yeah, Beat Buster's here because oh, his sidekick is wearing Bonjo's yeah, jacket. He, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was so weird, dude. That entire fucking uh, episode was fucking weird. Um, really honestly, to be fair, when was I first he saw the voice actor saw... character episode? What? No. No. Oh no. Although that was a fucking great episode too, where they had uh, they had Subaru Kimura show up. What the as fuck himself. was that? I don't know what the fuck what they were the... smoking. I, I swear, Kimura was just like, we need, to, we, I need to be on screen at least once. But then we have uh, we've got uh, Love Cobb's voice actress shows up as herself, 
Wait, uh, where? When? Rio Horica- what? Where? In the in the, in the voice acting episode. Wait, what? Oh, that's right, the girl. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> She was the she was the chick hanging around uh, Rio Horikawa. I didn't even know. Oh. Mm. Yeah, so we have uh, we've got Vegeta showing up. Yeah. Um, Hiroshi Kamiya shows up. Uh, I guess they let him out of the fucking basement. <laughs> and uh, God, I forget who the other one was, but they had another big name voice actor show up. Frieza. But no, yeah, uh, I, that episode was so fucking random. It was so good though. See that, that episode was weird. No reason. That episode was weird because it starts off like being about soccer, and then it comes about voice acting. I'm like, what the fuck do these two have in common? It felt like a Family Guy setup. Did <laughs> we need seven minutes of soccer, and then we get to the main plot? Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was a surprisingly entertaining episode. That was too. so weird. Uh, it was so weird. It was so weird. <laughs> Um, yeah, but but yeah, uh, to back back, <laughs> back to the point Ultraman I was X. Make is that, uh, I'm glad that they didn't make this like a crossover show. Yeah. I'm glad that they just had like the writers existed, and that's about it. They didn't try to do crossover stuff. They didn't try to do anything like. That. Well, it's like you said. Even then, like we don't even really know how they were gonna cross over because, like, I, I again, I've heard multiple different things. Like, oh, the writer, all the writers up to now have existed in this world. Or all of them are just uh, all of them are just a TV show. I remember one theory that I saw, which is bullshit, because you see the merchandise in the show was like, oh, the writers are just like stories that George's dad told him when he was a kid. <laughs> which would be kind <laughs> of funny because the then you think about it, George would have had to make all of those toys himself. He would have. I mean, he's a scientist. I he guess he would. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, um, Gifu, Bifu, Wifu, Difu aside, um. That sets uh, yeah, just suits are good. Honestly, uh, one thing is that I, Revice, Iki and Vice's fighting styles were really unique. They were, they were. A, it was a lot of like hardcore wrestling, pro wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Like you had a, uh, you had Vice busting out like lariats Kaniku and and ankle bust. Honestly, I'm so mad that nobody pulled a muscle buster. They did. Months. What the fuck? They d- when did they do that? You don't remember when he pulled out the Kaniku Buster? No, he no, did. I don't. Hold remember on, when I, they I did think I even took Buster. a screenshot of him taking, like, doing the Kaniku. He he dead ass did a Kaniku Buster because it was. I remember it was funny because um, when he did it, the Mook was so obviously like just a fucking, uh, like, fake doll because you know you can't do the Kaniku Buster on a real person. No, <laughs> where the fuck is this screenshot? I'm gonna have to find this screenshot and show it to you later because I can't see. No, I genuinely don't remember it. I genuinely do not. Oh my god! Uh, but no, yeah, I really love the the pro wrestling shit they had going on, and it worked with their uh, their tag team duo combo stuff too. Um, aesthetically, the show had a really good aesthetic. You'd think with all the garish, bright costumes, it would be like hard to. Honestly, no. Again, like the the costumes were surprisingly way better than they uh, yeah. should have been with all the colors and the designs and everything. A lot of very uh, different kinds of colors too. Oh yeah, like we had like a we had like like Re- Revice was all like pastels and really like uh, bright stuff. Like uh, Live and Evil were such really weird color combos. Like you had like black and teal and uh, like that should not have gone as well as yeah. it did. And you had Sakura who's super saturated blue and orange, which again should not have worked as well as it did. But it did. Demons, who was basically just edgy Spider-Man, 
which is of course is still one of the best suits we've had in quite some time. <laughs> I think a lot of like other than like I think once they start getting into like the kit bash shit near the end is that's when they start to lose it. I think like yeah. like Veil is probably the last like good suit they had other than like, like Ultimate Revice. I didn't like I didn't like Deathstream's costume uh, costume. I, I... Deathstream's is the it's the scene it's the problem that the Sakura almost had with the the f- overly saturated colors. I think they had the wrong color combo. Yeah. I think the uh the hyper saturated blues and reds, they just clashed. I just didn't that and all the silver. I just too. didn't like the Oh, that's right. Yes, he did. Oh, I fucking forgot. I about just didn't that. like the hell. I just didn't like the chest piece cuz it just jutted out and it was uh, and <laughs> it, it, it just didn't feel right. Well, I was gonna mention I, like I do like the uh, the desaturated pink that they use for Revi- for Revy or Revice, whatever. I don't give a fuck anymore. I the, love uh, it. It's pastel. Up. Pastel would be the term. The pastel. Mm. Mm. Yes. We have a we have a color expert on this podcast. Mm. Yes. Mm. Anyways, I. It's almost like an artist of some kind. Mm. Mm. Anyways, but yeah, I do I do like I do like it. I like all the I like all the colors. I like all these suits except for honestly, Aguilera's was kind of gick. I really like that one. I think yeah. I think it's the face. It looks too much like a like a fucking uh, Necrom, like one of the Necroms, uh, and it pissed me off. Uh, the Mook Riders, obviously, eh. Eh, but for the most part, they were fine. Music was also pretty good. It was kind of eclectic, but it was actually pretty nice. I liked it. Music was really good. Uh, again, to compare to O's, it it captured that same vibe mostly because it was that same composer. So which is which is good. He did a really good job there. Um, everything everything all really stood out. All the music uh, stood out in this show, which is good. Like I remember, like pretty much every track. Nothing really felt generic. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, or the uh, the sick guitar riff one for like every single fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like. I you know I know we don't usually talk about it, but I'm gonna say it now. I like most of the inserts. Yeah, the inserts um, are good. Aguilaris can go fuck itself. So, uh, well, actually, that's not even an answer because they never played in the show. Um, that's true. Well, you know what? Mm. Uh, Vice's insert is fucking gick. What the fuck is that, dude? God, that sucked ass. Yeah, that one, that one was a mess. Honestly, I wasn't hot on really any of the inserts. I thought they were like they're fine, but like, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of. This is one of like the one times I'm glad they didn't really play the inserts. You were kind of a Mark for Volcano, though. That, well, that one was really good, yeah. But at the same time, like the rest of them were like, uh, I don't know. You, you kinda, don't like kinda, you don't like, like Sakura and Lovekov going fucking schizo. I mean, that one was fun, but that one was not one where like I would listen to this while watching a show. That is. That one was music to scare the hoes. That is not. <laughs> you play it outside your. You play outside your apartment just to scare people. Yeah. You're hearing noises in your head. I I play that with the uh with the other schizophrenic punk rock that I listen to. Honestly, I yes. I didn't mind a lot of the inserts. I like Volcano, uh, Mirage Mirror is alright. It's whatever. Cherryish is kind of fucking weird and schizo, and I like it. Uh. Then for the two that were played outside of it, uh, George is just, it's literally just coming out getter, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even, mm. You know, I, somebody somebody mentioned this to me, and I kind of liked it. Uh, uh, the song that George sings, the Kamen Rider Getter, it sounds like somebody made that in their like closet as a fan. <laughs> it has that it has that kind of production quality, and the way he's singing it super off-key. I'm like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. It's, it's, it's actually kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Aguilera's whatever the fuck. Uh, I did like the Deathstream uh, versus Veil one, which is just the Veil theme, only sung by the mom by herself. Uh, and I actually really liked the song that played that was just Iki singing about Vice and how he's gay for him. That was <laughs> That's a nice true. One. That was a nice little song. That one was good too, yeah. Uh, besides that, I honestly, guys, I think we're fucking done. I think we can just give our final thoughts. So... Uh, Jay. Uh, well, I'll see this to start. Oh no. Um, Revice is the best of Raywell we've had so far, which I know is uh not saying a whole lot. <laughs> we've had three shows, and one of them was Saber. Uh, overall, I think Revice is gonna be one that's really solid, but probably won't be in like anybody's top threes, top fives mm. in a couple of years. I think once the uh, this is a very solid show, but it's got a lot of problems with it, and it's got a lot of divisiveness to it. Where I don't think it's going to end up being as me- like remembered as fondly as some other shows. Mm. But at the same time, I really enjoyed watching it from week to week. I really grew on the cast, and despite my many hangups with most of the cast members, I think everybody was pretty memorable to a significant degree even if they all kind of even if they all kind of at one point or another kind of fell off in terms of relevance i can at least remember one or two moments with basically every character where they actually where they were they shone through and they really had a fun entertaining moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh next would be felipe Honestly, I really enjoyed watching Revice. It it was, it, it was obviously. Be- I mean, obviously, when you go to Saber, there's only the only you can only keep going up, and it it went up. It had problems. Revice had problems. Every every show has problems, but it was fun. It's a nice show to watch. It's got great action. It's got intriguing an intriguing protagonist. Uh, I, I like the costumes. I really do. Uh, especially, like, Sakura's costume. And, uh, and I do like some of Revice's costumes. Mm, I do like, I, 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 I can't stand the, some of the jingles for some of the Vice Stamp stuff. That's just a nitpick. But, they, it was a good show. I, 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 I'll say, you know what, out of the... The, out of all of the uh, Reiwa series that has has gone on so far before seeing Geats, this one is pretty up there because Zero One had problems. I would rank as Revice, Zero One, and then Saber. That's, that's not saying much, honestly. Um, I mean, again, that's that's the problem when we've only had yeah. three shows of this era to compare to. But, uh, yeah. 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 No, it's my turn, right? Okay. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, how am I going to say this? Because this is, this is, I have to be very careful with how I'm going to say this. I liked Revice. I did. I really did like it. And I don't know how this is going to play to the crowd. But it's the best writer show since... I don't. I don't know if I, I. I don't know if I want to say Exit or Forze. I don't know, because I did like Exit. I did, but I don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like this show is so fucking weird in the sense that 
There's a lot of things that I like about it and a lot of things I hate about it. Well, no, one thing I hate about it is his name's fucking Daiji. And I don't know. It's weird. I would say if I were to, like, put it, like, how I usually do with my ranking, uh, I'm going to say I'm going to kind of go with Jay and say it's not really going to – it's good. It's solid. But it's not going to be anybody's uh, – it's not going to be anybody's top ten. I would put it eh, solid B, solid B, B minus maybe on a bad day. I think that's fair. Maybe that's a little too high, but I think that's fair. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I I'm gonna say it's a B. I'm gonna say it's like a B minus, but like the high end, like basically in basically like a seventy nine. I mean, I don't know. I I'm gonna say I think that's fair. I think that's fair <laughs> compared to what we've seen on the show. I think that's fair. I think I'd put him a tiny p- couple pin- points higher, but like, I think like, that's a pretty like fair like eighty two, like 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 a B minus basically, like like an eighty five probably. Oh, like honestly. like a solid B. If yeah, like a solid B, yeah. maybe a B plus depending on the uh, the story arc. Yeah, I wouldn't say B plus. I don't think I would go any higher than the B because B plus that's when you're trying to get into like, for me at least, you're trying to get into like double territory, and I don't know if I would put this above double. I don't think I would do that. Um. But yeah, that's it, boys. We did it. We did it. We did it, boys. So you're yeah. gone. So, so, uh, here's a question for you guys. Here's a question. Uh, so we can, as we usually do, we can, um, do what we're supposed to do, which is uh, ninja steel. Ninja steel. Or we could. Try our fucking luck. Just do Ninja Steel. Just let's just rip that band aid off. I don't want to fucking do Ninja just Steel, but I know if we risk off. it. You sure? We can. We can. We can. We can do Jay, it. Jay, be quiet. I. I'm just uh, saying. We can do it. Uh, just, just rip the goddamn band aid off. Just saying. God. Uh, okay, depends. If we do Ninja Steel, do we have to do both seasons or do we? Need no, to we're do doing all time? of it, motherfucker. God, ah, uh, fuck, ah. Uh, couldn't couldn't damn, we just do uh, first season of Ninja Steel? No, hell no, we're not doing that. AJ, trust me when I say this. No. Uh, somebody on the episode before I said spin the wheel. Fuck. Uh. Oh, you said spin the wheel. No, okay, don't do spin that wheel. Spinning wheel. No, no, we're doing Ninja Steel. We are. No, I'm spinning it. Spin it, spin it. Jay, I hate Do you. It. Look at it go. Look at it go. Spinny, I'm weak. Spinny. Okay. Jay, spinny, spinny, you spin just needed to rip spinny, that spinny, goddamn bandaid off. Spinny, spin the wheel. Spinny, 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 spin the wheel. It's so, it's so hard to resist so the mystery box. You're talking to the guy who watched Ninja Steel. Trust me. I tried. Why do you so want to watch it again? I got so far. It, trust me. I want to get it over with because it's so stupid. Oh no, it's Ghost. I'm not watching Ghost. I swear, I, I'm not. But the mystery wheel could be anything. It could even be a mystery. Just uh, if Chad were here, he'd support me. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> Chad. Chad believes in chaos theory. Hey. Okay. Chaos theory. <laughs> well, Jay. Well, Jay. 
Oh god, the I've done something wheel bad. Has chosen. You really did. It's either chosen the same show somehow, or we've done something worse. And I can't decide. Oh which my is the god, worst it's thing. Ghost again. A ghost no, for the I'm seventh fucking ghost. time. <laughs> well, we're, we're 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 to be fair. I took Ghost off the wheel because we're doing that for episode two hundred. Okay. That that's that's the thing. We're doing it for two hundred. I don't even remember what fucking what what episode number is this, anyways. I don't even know. It's supposed to be your channel. Yeah. Track. Fuck you. I don't keep track of this shit. I only make I only make this show. I don't keep track of it. Any that's of our true. Fans know what... We should pay somebody Anybody... to do that. Oh wait, no, that would require having money. Yeah. If you want to keep track of our shit, we'll pay you a penny. Actually, yeah, I probably would pay you a penny, but only a penny, because anything else, it's just too much money, bro. Too much money. Yeah. Not in the uh, budget. Too rich for my blood. Yeah, it's not. It's not in the budget, guys. Come on, you, you, really, guys. Really, you're gonna do this to us? It's just not in the budget. So, you guys want to see what we got on the wheel? If, if it's something worse, I. Jay, Fuck it. I'm gonna if kill you spin, you. if you spun it, you might Jay, as well. I'm gonna fucking kill you. Actually, how long? I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna kill me too. I'm gonna go. Up, I'm long? gonna I go. I'm gonna take the Amtrak and I'm gonna come up there and I'm gonna beat the crap out of you if this is bad. I'm just gonna give you my gun, to be entirely honest. If this 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 nah, comes to that how long, how I would let it be slow show? and painful. How long is this? Who show said you me? had to shoot me? I can't afford bullets, <laughs> right? Can me? I spent my money, all my money on the gun itself. I couldn't you afford. Really you really want me to pistol whip you? Profit organization? What? <laughs> why is there? Listen. Why is there a company called this? Oh no! What is it? Oh, that's always a good oh, sign. Anyways, great. how many episodes is this? I forget. It better not be fifty. If not, you can go kill yourself. Uh oh my god it is fifty. <laughs> That's what we were just discussing. <laughs> Please don't tell me it's fifty episodes. I'm not doing this. Please don't tell me. Please don't tell me it's fifty episodes. Come on, load up, please. Uh, episodes? Yes, episodes. Here it is. Uh, wow, thanks, thanks, Google. Oh, it's only forty-eight. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, that's marginally uh, better, I guess. I can't do this. All right. Well, Probably boys and girls, work. what the fuck Sounds are we like doing? Series. Well, boys and girls, it's taking AJ that Just long to figure out the episode it. was. Well, boys and girls, <laughs> well, I will say this: we've gone from demons to. Vampires. Oh, oh fuck. We're going back to the Inoue train, oh. baby. Actually, oh. Actually no. I'm going to be honest. This is good. I know you like it because you have shit taste. No, 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 no. Because the last time we did Kiva, I actually didn't watch it. I, I went off the knowledge that I had from the last time I had watched it, which had been like three years prior. So I really do need a refresher with this. Actually, one. wait. Now now that you say it, Phil, I think there might be new subs for this, actually. Might be better subs. Uh, last I checked, I, I think I had TV. Ah. I used TV Nihon. Oh, there's definitely been a redone version. That's not All TV right. Nihon. Yeah. AJ made it out to be worse, but I, I, Kiva I can deal with. Look, it was either Kiva or Hibiki. I'm just kidding. We already did Hibiki. I can't. Uh, believe me, I got bored with Hibiki. Yeah, because you shit. You shit. It's you, yeah. You both. Anyways. Next time. Fuck it. I'll take fucking Kiva over Ninja Steel. God damn it. I think I think they're about basically the same length, anyways. 
I think they're both like 40-something episodes. Jay, I told you to just rip the Band-Aid off, but you don't listen to me. But Kiva's funny. I, I didn't want to spin the wheel, but I didn't want to fucking watch Ninja Steel. What, okay, me. let's be honest. Let's be honest. What's, what could be worse than Kiva? Ghost. We didn't get ghosts. At least with at least with Ninja Steel, you can skip over episodes because there's it's all filler. What am I a fucking coward? It's, I'm not gonna skip episodes. In Jay, I we're fucking reviewing. watched the Ninja Steel. Trust me, it's all fucking filler. So filler's then weak. why are we going to bother with watching it? Because it would have made it shorter. If, if it's all filler, then none of it matters. Then I can just watch one episode and the last. Episode. That's what I said. Exactly. But I'm not going to do that, because fuck you. We're doing Kiva. Have fun, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to get you guys. Good night, Good night. everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody.